what's up hybrids welcome back to another episode of the phantom hybrid podcast this is hanako and i am here with the full crew today anthony Lori, mike and casey and we are discussing the long anticipated did i get country there long anticipated long release of black widow finally 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 after many covid related delays this movie is finally in theaters we have all seen it initial thoughts they should release this movie uh right after civil war i agree because it was so out of time watching it yeah but other than that it was i didn't love it but it was a good solid movie i liked it i think that Okay, here's the thing. It's like most Marvel movies, I'll go out and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like after I watch it, it's like I'll have like not necessarily buyer's remorse, but I'll actually replay certain things about it. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of stupid, but I still like it. Oh, wait, yeah, that didn't make sense, but I still liked it. So there's like there were there were a lot of points in this movie where I was where because at first I got me, I went to go see it with my wife, Hanako, and her son. And we saw it like in 4DX where like the seats moved and I literally almost got catapulted and thrown through the screen at one point because I was just <laughs> in my seat at the wrong time. But I digress. Um, but it's like, I looked at it and it was a great movie. I, I, I mean, like a lot of the action sequences and the fight scenes were just fucking phenomenal. But it's like upon further reflection, there are certain things about it that was kind of like, eh, eh, they probably could have left it out. They probably could have changed that. But I mean, Overall, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. It, I mean, I, in comparison to the movies that I didn't like in the Marvel Universe, like Iron Man 3, it's not that bad. It's probably like mid-tier for me, I think. And upon further reflection, it's like the like there's there's a lot of good stuff in it, and there's a lot of like things yeah. that they open for the future. And you can tell that this was supposed to come before certain things like Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Like it was supposed to be because you because at the end there in the mid-scene credits, you saw Val talking to her and stuff. And that was, it was probably, she was probably supposed to be introduced then. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, other than that, there were a lot of things I really liked about it, but there were some things I was kind of like, man. But I mean, overall, it, it was a good movie. Okay. I'm sort of like Mike. I was like, when I left the movie, I was like, wow, that was really, really good. And then the more I thought about it over the weekend, I'm like, you know what? It was, it was a solid summer movie. Yeah. It was really, it was like, it was really like action set piece, action set piece, action set piece. There wasn't a lot of meat there for me, you know, but, but it was a fun movie. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I might, might, there was some, there were a lot of things I liked about it and some things I was like, man, you know, like the Taskmaster thing. Yeah, I mean, oh we'll my talk God. About it. Yeah, yeah, we'll we talk got, we got... about that. We'll talk oh, about man. that. Oh, yeah. Listen. Uh, we'll talk why? about that. Why? Just why? I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't, don't make Punisher criminals, <laughs> villains, things that don't fit. But I, again, but, but but my final thought. But again, I thought I thought it was a fairly decent movie. I mean, I I would have been upset had I paid thirty dollars for it to watch it on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not I'm not mad that I, I went to the theater to see it though. I'm not, you know, right. No I mean there's some of us who who don't go to the theater right now, which is understandable. And if I was one of those people, I would have paid the thirty dollars for it because right. I paid thirty dollars right. for Milan. 
because I wasn't going to the theaters when Mulan came out. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. It's just that for me, being you know, I I I would have I wouldn't have been too happy about it, but I would have been okay. Yeah. Casey, what about you? Um, I did. I like the movie. Um, I do agree with Lori. It should have came out way different in the timeline. Um, but it was still a good movie. I did enjoy the fight scenes. Um, I enjoyed David Harbour. He's hilarious. Um, but it, I mean, it was good overall. But yeah, I think the where it went, not, releasing it now after we know, you know, we the been through uh, Endgame and everything. And I mean, we know she dies at the end. So it's like, it would have been better someplace else rather than after everything has yeah. happened. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Watching it and especially, I appreciate what they did as far as giving us the timeline as far as where it's happening, you know, in the midst of the MCU, like at the beginning when Secretary Ross is like, hey, you know, we've got Barton, we've got Wilson, we've got the, what did he say? Incredibly shrinking. The incredible comedy. shrinking man. So we know that this is already... <laughs> After the fight at the airport, we know that this is when those three are already at the raft. So that does answer some questions. Like I've been seeing some things on social media. A lot of people are like, yeah, everybody keeps saying the Avengers are her family. Well, where's her family during this movie? I'm like, um, half of them were locked up and the other half, they weren't speaking to her because she let Cap and Bucky go. But that's a whole different thing. So I appreciate what they tried to do, but yes, I feel like they should have released this movie years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly why it was delayed. I think at this point, it really doesn't matter, but that was my main complaint. Um, I didn't have many. That was one. And the other is, I feel like, yes, we got some of her backstory. I don't feel like we got enough. I feel like this was more so an origin story for Yelena's character than it mm-hmm. was a Black mm-hmm. Widow movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if Black Widow had been afforded the same respect as her male counterparts and had been given multiple movies, this would have been a good like midpoint, like second in a series of three. I don't know why she's not getting the same multiple movie treatment that the others did, considering she is one of the original Avengers. That's a whole other story we'll have to get into. But I do feel like they could have given it to us early and they probably could have given us more of her as a standalone character. I feel like her character deserves that. But other than that... It was definitely better than Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, God, yes. If it was the second movie, it would have been better than an origin movie. I will submit that if they had left out that mid credit scene, you could have stuck another... Black Widow movie in there mm-hmm. and it would have still rolled with canon. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's get into it. Starting off, we do get to see a little glimpse of Natasha's childhood. We start the movie out in Ohio, 1995. Natasha looks to be around 12 or 13 years old. And we see that she has a family at this point. It seems like a perfectly normal family. She has Rachel Weiss playing her mother, David Harbour playing her father, and Violet McGraw is playing the kid version of her little sister, Yelena. So we see them, typical American family. They're playing outside, having fun. They get come inside 
get ready for dinner. It's just, you know, a regular same family gathering around the dinner table. And when dad comes home, he seems kind of subdued and he walks into the dining room and he immediately goes to the window and starts looking out. And this kind of raises a flag with the mom. And so she gets up and she walks into another room and they have a little bit of a conversation. She just looks at him and says, is it time? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, I don't want to leave. And he looks at her and says, don't say that. And they go back into the dining room and they're, you know, talking to the kids. Now she's giving these really pointed looks to Natasha. And of course, Yelena at this time is about six. She's just a little kid. She's just doing her little kid thing. She's talking about what she learned today and what mom taught her about fireflies and blah, blah, blah. And he tells them that, you know, he says, uh, you guys remember that big adventure we always talked about? Well, today's the day. Yelena's like, yay. Natasha is looking so apprehensive, like, do we really have to do this? And, you know, her mom, Melina looks at her and she says, I'm sorry. And what we find out is that something has happened they actually have to be on the run. So they're getting things together. They're gathering guns. They're gathering a little bit of clothing. Um, Natasha tries to grab a photo album. Melina tells her, no, leave it. And I only mention that because it comes up later on. So they're driving away from their home. The song American Pie is playing in the background. And so you see all these different little things going on as they're driving you know they're singing in the car or rather Yelena is singing in the car you see them passing a baseball field you see them passing the neighborhood kids so it's just basically it's almost like they're saying goodbye to their family life and then when they get to um, they get to a field that has an airplane they get on the airplane basically we find out they are running from the law so something major has happened they're running from the law Dad not just the law not, not just, just the law. law they're running from shield, shield. they're running they're running from shield, shield. what'd you say hydra uh well it says shield on the truck so at this point we don't know that hydra has infiltrated and we don't find out that i guess that they knew until later on too when melina mentions it but it says shield on the truck so we're gonna go with shield <laughs> <laughs> so basically they they make this big escape And they land in Cuba. And during the escape, while there's shooting going back and forth between the father and the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, Melina gets shot. So it's up to young Natasha to actually fly the plane and get them to Cuba, which I'm hella impressed. Because like I said, she's 12, 13 years old at this point. She's a natural. So they get to Cuba. (laughs) (sighs) You know... Just, just like what's, just like what's her name, but just like what's yeah. her name in Fast okay. Nine who, who <laughs> drove something for the first time as a manual and drove it like a pro. Yes, it's, it's, she's a natural. <laughs> but you know what? We're not even going to talk about that because in this instance, Natasha probably actually has been trained. I mean, think about it. We find out later on they're a Russian sleeper cell. They infiltrated the United States. They, you know, raised a family the the two girls um they apparently kept up this cover for three years and while they were there their whole um their whole mission was to steal some information and then to destroy the north institute in ohio which um as we learned later on was a shield 
operation or excuse me, Hydra operation. But when they get to Cuba, Melina is taken off the plane because she's been shot. The girls are, you know, they're upset. They're worried about her because they don't know if she's going to make it. And Natasha starts apologizing to her in Russian. Mama, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm scared. The father goes to meet, um, what's his name? General Drekoff. Drekoff. And that's mm -hmm. the first time that we hear him being referenced as the Red Guardian. And he tells him, he's like, look, I don't want to do these kinds of undercover missions anymore. I want to get back in the field. I want my suit again. And Drekov is like, well, you know, we'll see. So Melina is laced onto a truck so that they can get her some medical attention. And as the girls are crying over her, one of the soldiers goes to grab Yelena and like pull her away. This does not sit well with Natasha. And one of the things that we see at the beginning of the movie is that it seems like the girls are close. There's several years between them, but they seem really close. And Natasha does seem very protective of Yelena. So when the soldier goes to grab Yelena, Natasha kicks at him, steals his gun, and then starts threatening to shoot and kill anyone who touches her little sister. I was like, oh, okay. So we see this was very early on with her that she was trying to kick ass and take names. <laughs> <laughs> but her father, Alexi, gets the gun away from her. And one of the things that she tells him, she says, I don't want to go back. I want to go back to Ohio. I don't want to do this. And what we find out is she's talking about the Red Room. And she, she tells him, she was like, you can't take her. She's only six. And Alexi says, you were even younger. And then they get sedated and the girls are placed into a truck. Now, the beginning sequence for the film, we see images of the girls in Ohio and what, we, what it looks like. The, they're pictures of their life, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, just, you know, images of family life, but it's being interspersed with images of them and other young girls in a boxcar. I mean it 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 really resembles a lot of the a lot of the images that we see of child trafficking and mm -hmm. they're very disturbing and it's kind of like this is where we get to see kind of the origin of Natasha's story. So we see those images, we see the images of them being in the boxcar and then we see soldiers coming to the boxcar to get the girls and we see siblings being separated the girls are screaming they're being torn apart from each other and general drekoff actually points out natasha because her earlier display impressed him so he pulls her to the side and he tells her the red room will be your home now. Now we all know what the Red Room is, or we kind of have an idea of what the Red Room is. Those of you who have read the comics probably know better than those of us who watch the movies, but the Red Room is the facility where Natasha was raised, where she was trained. They basically take children and they make them assassins. And what they do is they take these children and once they train them up, they basically implant them all over the world and you know when I was watching this it reminded me of what is the name of that movie salt the yeah. one with Angelina Jolie oh, mm -hmm. the same thing 
I was like, oh my God, they are really doing the same thing. It's like, you see the images of them. You've got the little girls sitting at computer screens, watching all of this American TV to kind of like learn about American culture. They're showing them how to shoot guns and they're, they're doing all these different things to kind of condition them and train them so that they can go out and be spies in the world and just be ready and available whenever they're called and you know I know this is a movie but the fact that it the the imagery for me was very disturbing not just because it's young girls but it's kind of like this is not the first time we've seen that kind of indoctrination in movies but you know that's got to be based on some kind of reality and it's just one of those things where I was just sitting there like oh i know this is part of her story but do we really have to see this but i mean we want an origin story right and we know that's a big part of where she comes from right i know that that part was was, i won't say it was tough to watch because my my whole thought process in the beginning of the movie was occupied with oh this is like you remember the movie little nikita with river phoenix yeah, and the Americans, which was a TV show that that just came on. Mm-hmm. I was sort of thinking, could, could we have come up with something a little bit more original yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> in the beginning of the movie? But I mean, that's probably very close to the reality. Like, if that's what they do, I'm not saying there is. I'm not very knowledgeable about what Russian spies do to <laughs> train their people. Well, <laughs> but I mean, well, it, it's it, it kind of it's almost like I sort of wanted a we talked about this earlier kind of wanting an origin movie like an origin story and more of her background Mm -hmm. this seems like oh this was just sort of like an easy fast food way of doing it because in the grand scheme of things it wasn't really necessary for them to be an embedded family you understand what i'm saying like i could have done without it it didn't add to the story or take away from the story See, I I feel differently about that. I I think it does add to the story because one of the things about this film and about Natasha's character in general, we've seen throughout the throughout the run of the MCU, she's always said she doesn't have a family and that the Avengers are her family. So this movie very early on calls that into question, even though we do realize that, okay, this was a mission for her, but Technically speaking, she had a family. Like we don't, we don't know at this point whether she and Yelena are actually real sisters who were placed in this mission. We don't know that much about her background at this point. For all we know, Melina, Melina and Alexa could have been their parents until we find out that this was a three-year mission and that it was set up that way. Right, I, I got that, but I'm saying it could. I, I think I would have been more acceptable more accepting of a different way of doing it as opposed to the way they did it. Like I was sitting there watching it and thinking, oh, okay, well, they're like training to be, we're going to find out that this is like a fake installation and, and they're training to be American spies or they're living together to learn how to be, you know, spies in America. I didn't actually think they were actually there because I was thinking they wouldn't repeat what we've already seen in the Americans and little Nikita. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't want to... It was like seeing the same thing again as opposed to... I would have been more accepting if they had done it if they had done it in a different way. But I understand the whole family thing. 
-hmm. but like if they had already been together you know in russia somewhere you know part of a simulation training or practicing to do that then i would have been it wouldn't have been a big deal to me Mm -hmm. but since it was a repeat of something i've seen already i could have i could have done without it that's just how i felt when i saw it i was like yeah and then the and then I don't know if they were trying to make a statement or if they were trying to bring attention to the child trafficking, but um, but we know it goes on, you know, yeah. and we know it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and some of those images were just hard to see because you know that that is actually that's real. In twenty twenty one, that is still going on. It, it's still going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. But anyway, so after we see all of this disturbing imagery, like I said, we we see them getting taken. We see them going through training. You kind of see Natasha growing up in the Red Room and seeing her doing her shooting training, doing this. And then, like I said, you see that interspersed with the photographs and the videos of her life in Ohio. And then after that, we also see some other imagery And this will come into play later on when we learn just how far the Red Room's reach is. You start seeing photos of different images of war, images of politicians, not just American politicians, politicians from around the world. And then you start seeing other images with people circled. And basically what it's trying to say is these are the people who are the Russian spies who have infiltrated and they're living like Americans. You know, they, I mean, even at the beginning, Melina and Alexi had American accents. Speaking of which, Rachel Weiss speaking with an American accent, her tone was so nasally. I was (laughs) like, who doesn't realize that's fake? Like her accent was very obviously fake and it just bothered me but anyway. you know i didn't realize it was her until like the end of the movie I was like, oh yeah that's her how do you not rip how do you because uh, not- i haven't seen her in a movie in 20 years how, how about this <laughs> I, I since the mummy i've had richard weiss and and like wait she's supposed to be scarlett johansson's mama wait now that how does that work because she don't look like she don't look she don't look like it she's only like what looks like 10 years older than her she didn't even look like (laughs) her mother and then like i said i haven't seen her in anything since the mummy so i'm I'm just saying i I was i was looking at her like she's she still looks great and like i'm supposed to believe she's a mama no maybe for the younger girl she looks amazing she's how how old Okay, but still, I believe her more for the younger one, but not Scarlett Johansson. No. Right. She, I mean, she doesn't look like, she, I mean, she could have been their sister. Yeah. Yes. Especially, <laughs> yeah. especially when she put that goddamn yeah. suit on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Lord. Right. Like, that was my expression, listen. too. I was like, she looked better in the suit than Scarlett Johansson did. And Scarlett Johansson wears the hell out of that suit. Yeah. Okay, speaking of accent, um, Shouts to Florence Pugh for being British, speaking with a Russian accent and an American accent, and like, like doing it seamlessly. I'm like, shit. I had I had to look up. I was like, is she American or is she? Or is she? Like, I I literally had no idea. I didn't know that was her in um in that wrestling movie. I was like, oh shit. 
That was her. Yeah, we yeah we had yeah, yeah. just watched it last week. <laughs> and like, oh, you thought she was awesome before. Now she's really awesome. Well, see, my daughter, yeah. she saw her recently in the movie Midsommar. I think that's how you pronounce it. She tried yeah. to get me to watch that movie, but after like the first 10 minutes, I was like, absolutely not. But I didn't realize that she was the <laughs> one in that movie. I was like, wait a minute. She is all over the place. But when I tell you, you said shout out to her for her accents. Just shout out to her for the whole fucking movie like she stole this movie yeah she basically carried the movie she did she was she, my favorite like i'm looking forward to seeing her in hawkeye because like i want to see i want to yeah. see way more of her because she really did a great job like her her dry humor in this was, was just like on point like the, the whole thing with her calling natasha a poser like that <laughs> oh, whole that, was... that whole running joke was made the movie for me i was like and then the scene at the hilarious. end, I just cracked up. Yeah, it, she yeah. she did steal the movie, but uh, I this is gonna sound odd. I think that by the time they finally got Scarlett Johansson to film this movie, she'd been playing uh, Black Widow for some years, and you could almost see a little bit of fatigue with playing the same character. You could see that she was a little yeah. tired of being Natasha Romanoff. So that kind of came through for me watching the movie. See, I didn't take it that yeah. way. I took it as her playing Natasha, who is on the run, who literally just got her ass beat and then continued to get her ass beat in this movie. And then she's having to deal with all of the emotional stuff That's coming back, you know, trying to be on the hideout. You know, she's trying to be off the grid because secretary ross is looking for her the government is looking for her and she's trying to be off the grid and then as she's off the grid here she goes getting attacked again and not only getting attacked she's getting attacked by some kind of armored super soldier who can mimic her moves i think at this point her character is tired and then when she realizes mm. that there's something there and she sees the picture that's basically leading her to a sister that she, I won't say she hadn't thought of, but she hadn't seen in 21 years. Now you've got to go back and deal with the emotional baggage of that past. I think Natasha was just tired. And I think Scarlett did a really good job of just portraying that. Like she's going through so much at this point in her life. You know, all of her friends are, like they said, the Avengers right now at this point are divorced because this movie takes place immediately after Civil War. She and Tony are not speaking to each other. Steve is on the run. Sam, Clint, and Scott Lang, they are in the raft. T'Challa is off in Wakanda trying to rehabilitate Bucky. She really has no one at this point. And then here she goes. She's running for her life again not from Ross as she initially thought. She thought the Taskmaster was sent from Ross. But she's got a whole new mystery, a whole new thing she's got to deal with. And then she has to go digging up this past. She's got to deal with this sister who she doesn't even know. Like once she realizes Yelena is alive and of course Yelena is a widow, she's like, okay, I don't even know if I can trust you. Their first meeting, they're trying to kill each other. Then you have to go deal with, you have to go get the father that, pretty much abandoned you you have to go meet up with the mother who also pretty much abandoned you you know it's just that's a lot for a character to have to go through in the midst of all the other stuff that she's going through right now 
So yeah, I didn't look at it as Scarlet being tired. I mean, she she continuously says that she loves playing Black Widow. And I think she Ooh. was just reflecting the energy of what the character is dealing with. At least that's the way I read it. Ooh. So, yeah. but like I said, Secretary Ross. Now, given Natasha's history, you would think Secretary Ross would know better than to try to come after her. And, you know, something about his character, just, just the government figures that we get in the MCU anyway. Like, I wonder if they... Director Dick, they have a manual. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. all of the people who are government people in the MCU is kind of like, y'all are so stupid. You really thought you were about to surround a person whose nickname is the Black Widow. And knowing knowing how she is, she's like it's, it's not like she's just some dude holding people <laughs> hostages in a bank. She's a freaking super... She is a literal right, international right. superstar. Super <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I like you, you really think you're going to corner her in the bathroom? Like, how does that even make sense? Like, okay, she's in the bathroom. Okay, we can corner her. No, you're not. If you think she's in the bathroom, you need to look Everywhere she else wasn't even other in the same freaking country. She was in Norway. Right. She was on a boat. Yeah, like my, my thought was, was like, dude, you know, she told you she had a life before the Avengers or SEAL. That's number one. Right. She's oh, already she, a no, she said I had several lives. Several lives. And then turned around and we had just seen her kick some aliens' ass in the alien invasion. Right. And then the freaking robot who kept multiplying. She was fine. So you're going to send some regular dudes after her? Dude. I mean, and she said it. She was like, this is quite embarrassing (laughs) for you. It was just... Don't embarrass yourself. (laughs) He was doing a good job of it. I mean, I I felt bad for for General Ross because, you know, like the comic books, like the cartoons, he's always one step behind and he can never, ever do anything right. In fact, he makes things worse. So I was like, oh, this is cute. You know, but... As far as Natasha, she really, you know, she, like, you know, okay, so she enjoys playing the role, but in this, she just wanted, she just wanted to go to a beach somewhere, Tahiti, who knows, you know? I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, I just she bad. just wanted to get away and just kind of, I, I guess, escape everything. I mean, think about it. The people who you have surrounded with, the people who, as you say, are your family, everyone is fighting. Mm-hmm. This big reveal just came up about tony and the winter soldier i don't even know if she knows at this point because i think she was already on the run at that point because like secretary ross says she's being pursued right now for violating the sokovia accords and for assaulting the king of wakanda which is t'challa and he's talking about when she kept him from going after steve and bucky in the airport she told him she was like look i i told you i would help you find him i didn't say anything else so Charlie right. at this point is pissed because he's still after Bucky thinking that Bucky was the one who killed his father. So yeah, of course T'Challa's probably going to be like, okay, you know what? She helped them escape, arrest her. I mean, who wouldn't? He was well right. within his right to do so. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. At that time, they weren't even friends. They were more so acquaintances. Like they only met at the Accords because she was there to sign. That was when they met. He had no loyalty to her. And she had none. And she had none to him. 
her loyalty was to the people that she was trying to protect and she did that so now she has to go away she has to kind of get off the grid until the heat is off of her she's in Norway she's on a ferry she pushes her phone overboard so that no one can get in touch with her no one can track her this is another thing there have been some complaints you know like I said earlier people were like where were the Avengers why weren't any of them helping her Natasha went off the grid what do you do when you go off the grid? You make sure nobody can find you. Uh-huh. She got rid of her phone. Think about it. In this day and age, who the hell remembers phone numbers? I don't. Uh-huh. My phone numbers uh-huh. are in the phone. She was trying to make sure nobody had a way to track her. Nobody had a way to find her. Uh-huh. So that's why she was alone. And plus, I will be honest, if they had brought even one of the Avenger characters into this story, it would have become an Avengers movie and not a Natasha movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Very true. But I- I'm telling you, Ross, just embarrassing because they go in, they think they're about to find her. They they go into this bathroom and then that's when we see her come out of the bathroom, but she's on a boat, like we said. They're in some building still, I don't know, are they in New York? Are they in, I don't, I don't even remember. I don't know where they are, but regardless she's not there and her you know it's so funny because even while she's tired and you could see that when she's in the bathroom she's washing her face and you can see she looks like she's been crying she's even wiping her eyes she's just like she's probably just stressed like oh my god my life just fell apart (laughs) you know and ross is coming after her and she still has time to make a quip. He was like, you know, you look like you're the one who needs some help. She's like, you're the one who doesn't look so good. Is this your second trip? Of life? <laughs> like, she basically just told you, dude, you look old. You don't need to be coming after me. <laughs> Side note, if this dude doesn't hurry up and turn into the fucking Red Hulk, right, I'm just right. going to like stop watching. Okay, I'm not going to stop watching Marvel movies. But, but everybody knows that he's supposed to be Red Hulk and he ain't changed into the Red Hulk yet. I'm like, and here he over here have a heart attack and bypass. He knows he's gonna take take some kind of thing and turn him into the red hole. Can you go ahead and do that shit now? I mean, goddamn. Yeah, How long we, we gonna wait for that? Get it. We may we may not get it for a while, or we may not get it at all. I mean, I understand because, yeah, I mean, he's 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 about three movies due. I mean, look, it's like he's gonna get older, and they're gonna. And by the way, they did a shitty job of it on his makeup. Like he looked terrible. I think he was supposed to look terrible. I mean, think about it. You are dealing with an international crisis at this point. You've got three Avengers that are in lockup. You've got two of them that are on the run. Tony Stank is ignoring your phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) So he got some issues going on. Yeah, but it looks like like he just had a really bad dye job. Like he was just too blonde. I was like, why is he so blonde? He's gray. It's fine. You know he's old. It's like that's that's one reason I think they should go ahead and make him the Red Hulk because it's like that way you can CGI him and just use his voice because I mean he's not getting any younger. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know. I just, I just think Ross need to go sit down somewhere because him dealing with Avengers that, that's not helping his health. Like if he's only had two triple bypasses at this point, dealing with all of them. Yeah, <laughs> he do for another one. Yeah, Dude, go sit down. Close it down. But so anyway, after we see Natasha kind of going off the grid or on the boat on the ferry in Norway, we go to Morocco. 
And I let me tell you, they they do a lot of traipsing around in this movie. We go from Ohio to Cuba to Norway to Morocco to Budapest. Budapest. And Budapest. Budapest. I'm American. I say Budapest. <laughs> But yeah, so we go to Morocco, we see that some ladies in black who we know are more widows, um, they're tracking a mark. And when she makes them, one of the widows goes after her. And when the widow finds her, tracks her down, they, they kind of have a little hand fight. And she stabs this woman and she dies. But before she dies, she sprays the widow who turns out to be Elena with a red substance and that red chemical when it explodes it does something to her and she kind of shakes her head like she's coming out of a trance and you can immediately see like the change in her demeanor the change in her personality like she was very focused at first very um mechanical i guess you could say in the way she was pursuing the mark and then once the substance got into her system and she shook that off you could see her being a little more human like she's trying to figure out where she is she looks down at her hands she sees she has a knife and then she looks at the lady on the ground and she drops the knife and she's like Oksana so she knows who this person is and the person gives her a vial of the red substance and she tells her save the others and then she dies and then one of the other widows is calling for her Yelena what's your status? What's going on? What's your status? And Yelena cuts into her leg, which that makes my skin crawl. Anytime I see like any type of spy movie or whatever, where people have trackers and they just, they just like so nonchalantly just dig a knife into their flesh and just cut these trackers out out. like it's nothing. (laughs) That just makes my skin crawl. But I mean, she's a widow. So I guess she's trained to take that kind of pain. So she takes the tracker out and she picks up this case that Oksana had with some more of the red vials and she takes off. And so the widow calls into General Drekoff and tells him that one of the widows has basically gone rogue and asks if they can activate the taskmaster protocol. And so we see the taskmaster, I'm not going to be able to say that word. So we see the taskmaster Taskmaster. <laughs> taskmaster. <laughs> we see that Taskmaster watching video of Clint and T'Challa fighting at the airport, which, wh- where did they get the drone from? Like, who was watching that fight? How did they know to be watching that fight? I'm just a little curious. Were there surveillance cameras that were like right over that fight that we didn't know about? Probably. I mean, look. You got to realize Tony was cooperating. So they're probably listening in on his stuff. And besides that, the stuff that they were filming with him and with T'Challa fighting was well into the fight. So by the time they got there, they probably already figured out that something was going on. So they were like, okay, deploy your own, see what the fuck they're doing over there. Because obviously it's a big Mm. fucking fight. So I think they cleared out the, I think, didn't Tony say he cleared out the airport before they started fighting? Yeah. Yeah. He did. So they had to know something was going on. So they monitored it with drones, obviously, just in case it got out of hand. Hmm. Okay. 
So anyway, one of the widows goes into the taskmaster and she implants some kind of chip in the back of her neck. And I guess this is the chip that's going to give the taskmaster their mission so that they can go find Yelena or the vials, whichever one they're after. But um, so while we're, while we're talking about it, and we probably will go a little bit more out of order in this but i know that there are some feelings about the whole taskmaster thing <laughs> michael has his hand up so let's go ahead and get that out the way because that's a reveal that comes later on in the movie but this, it's, it's talk about reveal. this is one of the main problems that a lot of people the marvel cinematic universe is a house divided right now because mm-hmm. originally taskmaster who in the comics is like one of the most badass motherfuckers out there like he's like mm-hmm. he's one of the best fighters in Marvel comics, like the best fighter. So basically, Taskmaster was as a male, and he is Tony Masters, and that's who he has been since his character was created. So in this movie, they decide to make Taskmaster Dinner Dragoff's daughter, which I mean, this is kind of nothing new because people change characters and who they are, and they've done that in the MCU before, which is I mean, it's to be expected, but this is one of the one of the main kind of a point of contention that I had with it because I was like, why would you change something? Like, I mean, if you're gonna have Taskmaster in there, have make have Tony Masters in there. But the way they did it kind of helped tie the story together. Like they introduced the fact that the blood on Natasha's ledger was her killing his daughter. Mm-hmm. And you know the rules of the movies. It's like that you never introduce small things without them having a bigger meaning later on right and this had a huge meaning later on yeah so, i mean that that seems to be the only reason that they did it was i mean no it's not it's not even a gender flip like carly morgenthau and carl morgenthau in captain american when it's right. older that was just that was just a gender flip this is an entire identity switch now like, this is an entirely different person from what i read taskmaster has nothing to do with the black widow story correct right Okay. Okay. Right. So they pulled him from a whole different character's arc. Punisher character threw it into Black Widow. I mean, I think they basically brought him in because he looked cool. I mean, I think you know, as far as me being the Occam's Razor man that I am, they needed somebody who could handle Black Widow and give her a challenge, and Taskmaster can. But I just, it's weird that they put this specific character. Yeah, I I thought they did it because they wanted to give us. Avengers without actually giving us Avengers. You know, we got to see Cap Shield, we got to see Black Panther's claws, <laughs> you know, we got to see Hawkeye with his arrow through one character. So we I mean I you know Mike said it all. I, I don't even I, it's like I don't even I, I, Mike took all the words I, I had to say. They just it it was not I don't have a problem with gender switching, but you know, I have said this before about the TV shows. I don't like it when Marvel jerks us around. And I feel like we kind of got jerked around by the character not... Because why make why make her look like a man? I mean, the dude has an army of women assassins. Mm-hmm. And when, when Taskmaster walked, he walked... Uh, she walked like heavy. a man. Her, like, walked like, like a yeah, man. Like so heavy. She, it could have mm-hmm. been a woman in, right, with, right, a, right. with a mask on. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole thing about how armor is on women and armor on men, but it clearly was a male stuntman in that armor suit. Period. 
not a female stunt person, a male stunt person. And the material and all the stuff they showed us made it look like a man. And then you're like, oh, ta-da, it's a woman. And it's <laughs> Dreykov's daughter. Don't jerk me around like that. I don't I, I didn't like it one bit. I really didn't. You might as well have just had you might as well had her be a totally different character yeah. and not like Mike said, the taskmaster, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What they could have done very easily, and it would have actually have worked, instead of using uh taskmaster, what they could have done is they could have pulled in Bartok again, or they could have let's wait, hear me out. They could have contracted outside help and got wait for it. Bushmaster as an assassin slash soldier and they could have put him in there and it would have fit a little bit better because Taskmaster totally different. Bushmaster is more known for taking jobs on the side and could have stuck in there. My other problem is that you missed an opportunity to have the Red Guardian have a better fight with Taskmaster because the movie kind of spiraled because it became a Tower Infernal. Let's go and get ourselves safe. When you miss serious opportunities to have a really badass fight with Taskmaster, and I agree, they used her very badly. They shouldn't have done it. They could have picked any number, any number Anybody. of they, they have several I mean, Russian, the Marvel Universe they is bad. They, they could have they could have literally they could have the book and picked anybody they could right. they could have had kingpin in there for all we care I mean, anybody it's like, but 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 it's like i mean i yeah even yeah. If, but my whole yeah. my other part problem with it is if they're going to go ahead and do that i feel like they could have done a better job of giving her more screen time and it's like i mean because the way she was in it it's like you see her fighting natasha on the right. bridge then you see right. her driving a freaking tank and then you see her in the upper room, I mean red room, and like the reveal, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's like it, it, she was she was kind of like an afterthought. I mean, if she right, got, I mean, right. she's basically yeah. a she's basically a glorified henchman, and Taskmaster deserves yeah. way better than that because he's a oh yeah totally totally he's a badass. He deserves way better. Yeah, he is. Yeah, they 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 should have just gone back to the drive. Like I said, they could have pulled any other Russian uh, villain superheroes. They could have got mean, Whiplash back. Uh, it? They could have uh, just brought Whiplash back. There you go. There you go. That actually would have worked better. That would have worked yeah. perfect, in fact. I mean, get, what's his name? Scott, get hammered you know. to make another fleet of them. Freaking Black, Black Widow robots and shit. I mean, they they, there's, a, there's a number done, of things they could have yeah. done better. Yeah, they, they yeah. Yeah, they could. Yeah, because that. Yeah, they like I said, they could have if they if they were going to play in the Russian house, they could have pulled what is it, Squadron yeah. Supreme? If I probably get the, got the name wrong, the Russian group. They could have pulled someone from. They could have pulled the female Russian one. I forget her name, but they could have pulled her and made her a, a special widow, and it would have worked fine. But, they did but, not need to have. They really want to We didn't. You're right. We didn't really need <laughs> there you the go. There you go. the taskmaster didn't really have a lot to do during the movie. Like it could have been any widow assigned to try to take her down. Number one, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like a huge. She wasn't that huge of a villain or a foil for Black Widow to begin with. I understand the writers trying to give us an emotional connection 
like something to 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 pull on our heartstrings and, and give a touch to some emotional um gravity but we already had that she was already living with the knowledge that she had killed this man's daughter and apparently it was for nothing because he's still alive that was a lot of emotional weight right there you didn't have right. to compound it by doing this elaborate well I, I call it elaborate it wasn't really elaborate but you're doing this whole bait and switch with the taskmaster is antonia it's just it, it was a miss with me and I, I didn't particularly care for or like it and i think it actually took away from the movie because they could have focused their efforts on other things like maybe making the widows more in the forefront than they were or it's like if they if they really wanted to put antonia in it they could have just had antonia in it they could have had i mean if they're gonna yeah. he was gonna roll he could have just made her mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. or called her or just called her a different type of spider or some shit it's like they could have just had her as like a a more enhanced black widow Souped up. instead of yeah. making her taskmaster mm-hmm. right yeah yeah that would have worked better because now we're going to have a whole generation of kids who are going to thinking that that's Taskmaster. You're like, no, that's And not it's not even thing. like you didn't even combine characters or create amalgamation mm-hmm. of characters right. like Which, Lady right. Loki, who right. is like the Enchantress yeah. and Lady yeah. Loki. You just kind of put them together. You didn't mm-hmm. even do that. You just, mm-hmm. you just completely flipped the character completely. Yeah, not, not a fan at all. One of the Avengers' top enemies in the comic books because he yeah. literally does everything they do. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's I agree with you 100%. Well, I, I understand. I, I hear what you guys are saying, and I do understand that from a comic fan perspective. Um, but as far as the story of Antonia and how important that was to Natasha's story... I do think that that was important, not only just for us to see where her character is and where her mindset is, but also I think over the last 10 years, we keep hearing about Budapest, Budapest, right. her and Clint are always talking about that. Like that was the mission that kind of solidified their friendship and fans have always wondered like, so what the hell happened in Budapest? So we actually get the answer here. One of the things Natasha has said in the past when she's talking about how she got into the Avengers and how she got into S.H.I.E.L.D., she says that she got on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar in a bad way and she had to do something to prove her loyalty. So this is what she had to do. She she was trying to find a way to get out of the Red Room. She was trying to sever her ties with that organization. And apparently she's the only widow that they've had who has actually gotten out. That's a big thing. So not only did she get out, but her task from S.H.I.E.L.D. was she had to kill him. Like she said, that was the last thing that she needed to do in order to fully go over to S.H.I.E.L.D. She used Drakov's daughter, I guess you can kind of say as bait, because she figured, okay, wherever this daughter is going, he's bound to be there. So if he's there, we can go ahead and kill him. Now, we never knew what happened with Drakov's daughter until this film. We didn't even know what the story was. We only know it because Loki referenced it when she questioned him in Avengers. 
that was one of the first things he mentioned about her when she was going back and forth with him trying to figure out what his purpose was there. So she follows Dracoff's daughter, the little girl, Antonia. She's a school kid at this time, probably couldn't have been no more than Yelena was at the time that they had their mission in Ohio. We see her, she's got on her school uniform. She's got on a backpack. She's got on the little cute little socks and the little Jack and Jill shoes. She goes up the stairs and Natasha is giving instructions to Clint on comms. And she tells him that they're clear. And when she says that, the whole building blows up. And so this is part of the red in her ledger. Like she killed a little girl in pursuit of the higher goal, which was to kill Dracoff. That was the only way that she felt like she would be able to leave the red room. That was her escape. That was her freedom. And it came at a cost. And for her, that little girl was collateral damage. Like that's the price I had to pay in order to be free which I hate to say it, I understand her way of thinking in that, like, if this is the only way you can get rid of a man who has literally stolen you from your family, trained you as this spy, used you for killings and whatever else they've used them for, if she felt that desperate enough that that's what she had to do to escape that life, I get it. But you know, she felt guilty about it. And that's one of the things I think we see about Natasha's character. Yes, Natasha is very good at being a spy. She is very good at killing people. However, that's not what she ever wanted for her life. And that's not what she aspires to. And I think that's one of the reasons why she joined the Avengers. And she said so to Yelena too. I was trying to do some good to make up for all the bad that I've done. So we needed that story. And it just happened to be, you know, that was the thing that, kind of held heavy for her like you know we always talk about redemption stories with characters and I feel like with her carrying that weight Natasha probably would never have thought herself to be a hero one of the lines that has been like heavily heavily controversial in the MCU is when Natasha was talking to Bruce and she tells him about the um about the procedure that the Red Room does on all of the widows the graduation ceremony where they basically give them a hysterectomy so that they can't have children so that those children cannot compromise whatever it is they do I'm gonna say I have a feeling part of that may have had to do with her background because we see when Alexi and Melina came back to Cuba and the girls had to be given up you could tell that the girls had formed a bond with those two and Dracoff saw that as well and I think in his mind he was like okay this might be something that will hinder them from doing their jobs properly so let me go ahead and take that away I don't know if that's exactly what he did but I mean if you think about it not too long after this whole thing what does Alexi say he does he puts Alexi in prison for the rest of his life Alexi was one of his most loyal soldiers why would you do that unless you felt like he compromised himself and your mission by feeling something for these little girls same with Melina you know but I think with her as well Like I said, she wouldn't have felt like she was a hero carrying that kind of guilt. And I think even though we know her character doesn't make it, um, you know, past endgame, she actually dies and everything. 
I think that was, I kind of feel like it was one of those things where that reveal needed to be made in this movie, her finding out that Antonia didn't actually die and then her saving Antonia and freeing her from the control that Dracoff had over her with the mind control serum that he was using on his widows. I think that was probably like the last step she needed for herself and her redemption story to make her feel like she was a full hero. And I think that was probably one of the reasons why she was so willing to sacrifice herself in Endgame for Clint. You know, it's basically one of those things, you know what, I can do this now. I have a clear conscience. I'm a hero. This is what I can do to help everyone else. I just feel like that was an important thing for her. And it may not have come off the way everybody wanted, especially with the way that they brought this character in and turned her into the Taskmaster as opposed to who the Taskmaster really was. But I do think that it was important for her character development and for her, it was a way for her to forgive herself for what she did. You know, she did, yes, she did it in order to be free, but that was a heavy price to pay for your freedom and to find out that, you know, it doesn't completely absolve her because yes, you did try to kill a child to achieve your goal, but it does, I think, at least alleviate some of that guilt for her. Yeah, I mean, I I get that. I just, this is a whole redemption story for her and I get that. I mean, it's just that I just wish they would have gone about using i mean they could have had antonia like i said as an enhanced widow they're supposed to Mm -hmm. taking a character and completely changing it and especially a character that a lot of people know and that is a pretty beloved character in the mcu like it's a very very well respected character but i i i actually agree with you that antonia was key fighting her and saving and kind of saving her was key in Natasha's redemption I totally agree with you on that and and she did need that in order to go on to Infinity War and and going forward from there I do I do think she did need that but the other thing too is I think with that backstory that's one of the reasons why I feel like Black Widow should have gotten more than one movie because they could have fleshed that story out a little bit more given it a little bit more substance and I think it probably would have done the character a little more justice if Mm -hmm. they I think the problem with the movie having a sequel is that at the time that the movie came out before pre-COVID, they weren't really going to give her her movie. And it's, it's my recollection is they kind of really had to force them to give us a Black Widow movie because they just, even though she's an Avenger and she's an original member, she was sort of just the girl on the team. And if memory serves me correctly, they really had to fight just to get this movie made to begin with. So I'm thinking that they they made all the agreements and everything. They filmed the movie and then uh, life hit, COVID hit. They went and they filmed the, the end credit scene. Uh, and that's the end of it because I think that because the character is dead, they want to move on to the next phase they want to have her sister be black widow and basically disney is over and done with it and i think that that's a shame but i also think that you could easily back that out and give us a movie say within the five years that everyone went missing before they got thanos and all this other stuff you know they could they could slide another movie in and it would actually fit in fact it would make more uh more sense with uh her character, but I think that because of politics, 
that's what we got. And they, they did a disservice with that end credit scene. Yeah, I, I think, I don't even remember at this point what the issue was with getting the Black Widow movie made because I know they, I know it's been kind of going back and forth for years. And I think part of that, again, I think it's, it's a little bit disrespectful to the character because I know when they brought her in, when we first saw her in Iron Man 2, they brought her in and her character was supposed to be this femme fatale you know she's supposed to be the sexy character she's supposed to be the one that's she's like all these stereotypically female traits that we just don't want to see in movies anymore like we don't want to see the female character and she's only supposed to be there as eye candy or as the person who is the distraction that sort of thing and I think as the movies went on we got to see a little bit more of her character fleshed out and she became an actual like she became a great character but we didn't really get to see a lot of her development we just saw her as she relates to the guys you know what I'm saying we didn't Mm -hmm. really get to see enough of her on her own like who is she what made her this person what made her decide to come to shield I think we get a little bit of that in this film I don't think we get enough of it and like, like I said, I think that's a real disservice to the character. And I think it's also mm-hmm. a disservice to Scarlett Johansson because she has done a lot to bring this character to life. And she, you yeah. know, reading some of the interviews, she has been instrumental in making a lot of the changes to the Black Widow's character and to Natasha's character, taking her out of that stereotypically female role and making her and equal right. with the guys she deserves to have right, a right. fully fleshed black widow movie or movies and the fact that she's not gonna get them is one of the biggest disappointments that i have regarding this movie because i feel like there's so much more that they could have done with her character and then let's not even talk about the fact that her character dies in Endgame, and then we get that really awesome girl power scene at the end when they're doing the battle and she's not there mm-hmm. that pissed me Got off there. Yep. so much when I saw Endgame it was one yep. of the only complaints I had about that movie but I'm like well, how do you have all of these well, powerful women from the MCU joining together to fight this battle and Black Widow is not there I'm going to argue something Pepper Potts did not deserve to be in that scene okay she did jack shit she and I'm talking about as far as hero, she did not deserve a role carrying the ball. I'm sorry. That irritated me. I mean, and I will not take there. that back. I mean, you don't, you don't want her there like in her business suit, like holding files. It's like she can't she can't do nothing. Exactly. What has she ever done? Well, you know, they had to figure out a way to have her there for his death. I know, exactly. I know, but still, it was it took me out of it, okay? It just took me out of it. I'm like, really? I mean, okay, I, fine, I, whatever. Said, I agree. Right. And I, I don't, I don't have anything against Pepper Potts character. Mm-mm. Neither do I. But I feel like for that moment, that should, should have been, been Natasha. 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 Right. right. Yeah. But I, I will say, I will say this. The movie is very interesting on one level because you can see there was a lot of callbacks to certain lines and certain things that they've had throughout the years mm-hmm. as her being Black Widow. But David Harbour as her dad. By the way, oh, her parents are awesome. David Harbour was, was, was good as <laughs> I, I really love her fucking parents. good in this movie. 
like mm-hmm. between between I, him I and re-watched. between him and Florence Pugh, it's like those two yes. were just like I was like, yeah, that right. Was dope. But if you look at the prison breakout scene, by the way, which was the, one of the best scenes in the movie, yeah. the way he's running, the way he's fighting his way <laughs> out of the jail, that's her dad. That's how she learned to do all that stuff. <laughs> it's him. I mean, it's, it's literally, if you could put side by side her doing a running sequence, him doing a running sequence, it's the same pattern. I mean, it's just all the way from the sliding to the, to the, the, the throwing the thing, the wedging in the door. Literally, that's her dad. I like I said, uh, the biggest surprise is how much I enjoyed her parents. Yeah, even and though, I just I love that. Even though dysfunctional <laughs> is not quite. I mean, dysfunctional I think is an understatement yeah. for what yep. they are. Yeah. But since, since Lori brought up the prison scene, I love that moment where the where the the big guy, the big prisoner, says, "Wait, what year did you say?" <laughs> 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 Called him out. <laughs> was, uh, was 83 it? or 84. Uh, Captain America was still in the <laughs> awesome. David Harbour from Stranger Things. Oh my God. He was perfect. He was. No, him trying to get into yeah. that dance. Oh, oh, oh my, my God. God. It still oh, fits. Allison are just rolling. And she goes, I never watched it once. Ew. And I'm going, ew. <laughs> yeah, nah. Right. Give some Crisco. Uh, yeah, oh, he needs, lard, yeah. Crisco, the whole yeah, thing. He, he need old grease up. <laughs> uh, I think you actually did lard. I don't think Crisco, Crisco would have is a name brand. You need an off brand to get that on. Right. <laughs> but while we're talking about the family, so let me say this: one of the, I think, the best things about this film has to do with Yelena's character, and also I think how she is the one who kind of brings these three people who Mm -hmm. she considers family, how she brings them around and changes their way of thinking. Because as we learn throughout the movie, like we said, the parents, Alexia and Melina, they were completing a mission. They were on assignment. They were thrown together to pretend like they were married and that they were the parents of these two girls. Natasha, as an older child, knew that they were on a mission and knew that they were just pretending, but she played her role well because that's what she was trained to do. Yelena, on the other hand, was only six years old, which means that at the start of all this, she would have been maybe still two, just turning three. She has no recollection of anything other than that they are her family. And she holds on to this belief up until she and Natasha are in the store. And Natasha says, well, we weren't really family anyway. And you can kind of see that shakes Yelena. Because again, in her mind, this is her sister. Those are her parents. And to hear them at different times talk about how it was a mission or when Alexi says, you know, I was stuck in this undercover role. I was bored. This is, you know, I didn't want to be there. And then he looks at her and he's like, no offense. She's looking at him like, oh my God, what the fuck? And then when they're in Melina's dining room and they're talking, Natasha says it wasn't real anyway, so it doesn't matter. And that's when she breaks down. She was like, don't say that. It was real to me. You were my mother. You are the only mother I have ever known. And mm-hmm. she says, this was the best part of my life. And you guys tell me it was fake and no one bothered to tell me. She probably thought for most of her life up until she started 
doing her training with the Red Room, that that really was her family. And she was just separated from them. Mm-hmm. She always looked at them as yep. family. She even tells Alexi, she says, you know, you looked at this as a mission, but for me, you were everything to me. She idolized him as her dad, just like most little girls do. And to see her deal with that heartbreak of realizing that as far as she knows, she's the only person who felt like that was her family. That was heartbreaking to watch. And then to see, like you could see Natasha struggling because she also wants to say like when they're fighting each other, when they first get to, when they first meet each other in the Budapest house, they're almost choking each other to death. And there's a moment where Natasha looks at Yelena and you can see the change in her face. She's like, oh my God, this is my little sister. And she stops, she calls a truce. And there are moments throughout the movie where it seems like she's still trying to keep her distance, but you start to see that she's falling back into big sister mode. This is my little sister. I need to protect her. And then finally at the end, she she tells her, look, please forgive me. I should have come back for you. It was real for me. Like you are my sister. But to know that Yelena's character is the one who started, Mm -hmm. I think all of that. And then- Mm -hmm. As she gets more connected to the others, like Alexi admits several times in the movie, even though the girls never heard it, he admits, hey, I was a coward. I loved you girls. Letting them take you away from me on that airstrip in Cuba, that was the worst mistake I could have done. You know, for him to actually be able to voice that, for Natasha Mm -hmm. and Melina to have that moment with the photo album where Natasha tells her look I know these photos were fake but they mean a lot to me because I wanted it to be real you know it's just seeing how all of them kind of connect Mm -hmm. on that level and all of that starts with Yelena and her vulnerability she's supposed to be be the like like Alexi says she was the best child assassin that Mm -hmm. they had Mm -hmm. you know her record is impeccable but to see that she can be this person and still up under all of that mind control and whatever she was still this vulnerable person who just wanted her family back to me that was the best thing in the film yeah i agree it's like right at that moment when natasha said that it wasn't real it's like you could kind of you could see like it's a it's really good acting on porn view's part like she actually regressed to that six-year-old like and she was like, sought, like you could hear it in her voice, like, stop, it's real to me. Like, it's, it's like they, they might as well mm-hmm. have just told her that Santa Claus wasn't real for the first time. It's like, yeah, you know, she really, like, just kind of just, I mean, the level of like disappointment and disillusionment right. that she had was, was just really, it was really evident in the way that, that she focused in on it. Plus, I mean, you know, off top, but, but that whole fight scene when they first saw each other was so raw, like, I literally thought they were hurting each other. Like, especially when she when she threw Natasha through that door and yep. she hit her leg. I was like, her leg's broken. There's no way her leg's not broken. Let me tell you. So one of the things I <laughs> Daryl sent me a message. He was like, So refresh my memory. Is Natasha supposed to be a super soldier? Cause <laughs> she was on some fast and furious shit <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and I was like, now she was from on what something. I understand, someone told me that she has been given the super soldier serum in the in the comics. In the comics, yes. Okay, so I think yeah, in, I think yeah. in the films, I want to just say yes, she does take a lot, and she she deals with a lot, and we see she gets up and walks away. I want to say that that is 
kind of sort of what their training is, you know, as far as these assassins. And we see this in other movies and other shows when we're dealing with spies. Spies are I mean, taught, basically like, like part of their- Jason. Jason Bourne. I mean, you're, a, yeah. you're supposed to be able to get out yeah. of situation. Their conditioning yeah. is that they have to, they have to endure a lot of pain. They learn how to. I mean, they are basically the epitome of walk it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's sort of two things. First, I like the fact that when they were at the farmhouse, that even though they were resisting, her parents went right back to being her right. parents. Right. I yeah. love that. Second. I think the thing that's interesting about her skill set is that the comics tend to do her and Electra sort of the same where it's nebulous, but then they define it and then they take it away. So at any given time, she's a super soldier, she's not, Electra's this or she's not, or she's dead. So they kind of interchange to fit the storyline, but as far as her powers are concerned, I think that she was given the the serum she does have powers but i don't think that she is as souped up as cap or red guardian i think it's a i think it affected her a little bit more different i think it gave her more of a fighting ability than anything else uh, uh, or am are I, you talking about are you talking about in the mcu yeah i haven't no. i haven't i haven't read a whole lot i do know about that but maybe am i wrong no, she didn't have any. They, they didn't give her anything. That's what I thought. I mean, because I'm sitting there and I'm going, well, I know because like Electra, they play fast and loose, but I'm sitting there going, well, when did she get the Super Serum? Because I'm trying to think back no. when she got in, it. In, 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 the, in the comic book, they, in the comics, they have retconned her several times. Right. Like, 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 say, like Electra. You brought up Electra. Yeah. She, yeah, same because like Electra, mm-hmm. she had been trained by the mm-hmm, hand. Mm hmm. So she she has even more training mm-hmm. than what your regular Black Widows have, but you know they tried to explain her not aging right. by saying that she had been given a version of the Super Soldier Serum, and they said the same thing about Nick Fury. Yeah. I mean, this, they they throw it a lot. They depending on the writer and the editor, that that's what happens in the comic books. They they will add stuff, take stuff away. Yeah, change. We've talked about this before. Is whatever con- whatever's convenient for the right. Yeah, well, see, the Nick Fury as far is as the MCU though. goes, as far as the MCU go, huh? Nick Fury is confirmed because I got a whole stack of Howling Commandos well, in my in my bedroom right now. I, I know. I'm. I just said his name. I just threw him out mm-hmm. there because we were talking about it. But as far as the MCU goes, no, they've never like they've never implied that she was ever given anything her her or Clint because you would think Clint was a superhero. I mean, was has superpowers, so he never misses. Right. But no, he just has really, really above average mm-hmm. hand-eye and coordination. He probably, pra- I mean, you know, even before that, he probably just practiced a hell of a lot. Yeah, because like, well, he was in the circus. Though he always say he's like above. He's like a little bit above the Olympic archer, right? Because because yeah. those guys are. If you ever watch, yep. if you ever watch archery, yes, and those guys are yep. in. Incredible. Or the gun or the rifle, and, the shooting stuff. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and like even the ones who do with a ski. Yeah, trap shoot. Yeah. They, Biathlon. Right. Yes, yeah. Yeah. They go. are incredible. So it's not hard to imagine mm-hmm. that he would never really miss because he's just been trained that way. His hand eye coordination is superb. Well, he got that from his brother. Same thing with Natasha. Natasha is a little bit. She's mm-hmm. like the best of the Black Widow. She's above even them 
like considering all the training that they have. It's just that something about her, her hand-eye coordination is a little better. Her pain tolerance is a little higher. Maybe she picks up skills a little bit quicker than the others, but she's on that scale. But no, they've never really, unless they come out and say it or do it, they've never, you know, cause even in the comic book, she was trained right. by the Winter Soldier. You know, she was married to no, the Red Guardian in comic books. So they, okay. they change right. that stuff. When, when they go I mean, to the she MCU. got she got turned. It's like they changed task. Right, and she got changed into a vampire at one point, but then by Dracula. But Wait, they, what? They backed that out too. She got she Dracula turned her, but she turned back. Okay, okay. We said she went through several okay, iterations. Okay, <laughs> I won't even go there. Yeah. I have questions. But. Won't go there. But but long story short, no, she has not been, as far as we know, in the MCU, she's not been subject to. So yeah, she just has really good um, endurance because when I tell you as many times as she's been slammed and hit and like the worst she suffered in this movie was a dislo no not even a dislocated shoulder she had a she broke her nose, broke her nose. and she had uh, I think she had a knife um, in her shoulder that Yelena pulled out towards the end but other than that all I mean she was dangling from buildings. She was flying through the air, fighting through the air. She slammed down onto the ground uh, at fast. We were talking about Fast and Furious. <laughs> there are a couple of moments in the Avengers, original Avengers movie, where either right. her arms should have been ripped off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every bone in her I body should have been shattered. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, that's why I was wondering, like, it's like, I know that she has been through this rigorous training. And I mean, the way that Drakoff describes his widows and, and what he puts them through, I can imagine she's probably been through the paces to where they've probably broken her body and repaired her body so many times. She probably does have a high tolerance for pain. She probably can just be thrown off of stuff and then just get back up. That's probably a part of her training. But it's just it. It's still it. It's it's a little bit suspect. Well, that's that's what makes her a superhero. That's what makes her and Clint different from everybody else. I couldn't imagine Scott Lane getting up and shaking. Stuff oh right no, Scott! No, Scott! No, but you know, I think so. That that, but Janet would. I, I could see Janet getting up and walking some of that stuff off. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 but yeah. But see, the, the thing is, is that when they do this in these in these movies, it's more for you know the the non comic book uh, people's enjoyment because then they'd have to explain a little bit too much again to a little bit too much detail, and everyone's else eyes would glaze over, you know. But yeah, and I forgot about the whole Red Guardian thing. Yeah, which is again why we need another Black Widow yeah. movie. But anyway. <laughs> I will say this too, seeing the moments where Yelena and Natasha are coming together and they're bonding and they're kind of figuring out who they are as grownups, as Natasha says, because again, they haven't seen each other since they were torn apart in Cuba 21 years prior. So they're learning who they are as adults and some of the things that they've gone through. And I think it also adds to Natasha's guilt in a way. Because when Yelena is explaining to her about what this toxin does that 
Drakoff uses to control all of his widows, she makes it a point to say yours was psychological conditioning. Ours was chemical. She said, you were the one that got away. He wasn't about to let that happen again. So it was basically a direct result of Natasha breaking free from the red room that Drakoff was like, okay, I need another way to control these girls so that they don't escape. And he creates this mind control serum and he has all of these girls all around the globe. And not only girls, but he has like, like we said, he has political leaders. He has people in, you know, government officials. He has people in very high places that are on the serum. And that's all because Natasha had the audacity to leave and reclaim her life. That's got to be a lot of guilt for Natasha to have as well. And then not only that, Later on in the episode, when they are having the family dinner and Melina is talking, like she's talking very proudly about what she has helped Drakeoff accomplish as far as being able to control people and take away free will. And then Yelena looks at her and says, yeah, you know who they tested all of that on? And you know who fell under that mind control? Me. And Melina's looking like, oh, mm-hmm. she. And, and again, that's another one of those things where Yelena... And what she has gone through and how she has suffered because of all of this is kind of what makes her family say, okay, you know what? We're not going to do this anymore. I I think for Melina, both of the girls and what they're doing and how they've coped and what they've gone through, I think that was a lot of her reason um, as far as turning on Drakeoff and kind of throwing in with them because one, when they got ready to leave Ohio, she didn't want to leave. And she told Alexi that she was like, I don't want to go because that would mean that they would go back to their regular lives. They wouldn't be parents to the girls anymore. Mm-hmm. The girls would be split. And we see that she is nostalgic about it because she kept the photo album that she told Natasha to leave behind. She actually kept it. And then she realizes like, I mean, they're all looking at Natasha like she's a like she's a force to be reckoned with. Like, how did you escape? How did you still keep your heart? Like, how did you go from being this killer, this trained killer to being a superhero? What was it that Yelena says? She says, we're both still trained killers. Only I'm not the one that's on magazine covers. I'm not the killer <laughs> that little girls want to be. I was like, ouch. But Kim I coming mean, for her in that movie. So much man, shade. For real. <laughs> she, she did. And, but I loved it. I, I like I the said, shade. I love the banter between them. But her her attitude and her humor, whether mm-hmm. it was actually funny or whether it was just dry humor, mm-hmm. she's like, you know, when they got ready, when the avalanche was coming, she was like, Yeah, this would be a cool way to die. And then, you know, the helicopter. I don't think we're gonna make it to St. Petersburg. And Alexis like, we'll make it. She's like, Okay, it's like straight down. <laughs> helicopter comes down. Her humor in this movie was so funny, and then the way she, everybody else kind of played into it was just—it was yeah. It's great. like and that is like her the way um, she's saying like this would be a good way to die. It's kind of like a a callback to her to American Pie being her favorite song because it's like in the chorus like this will be the day that I die like you know like like saying uh you know this is how it's gonna right. happen so. Even when she, when she, when they were in the up in the red room, and they were draw, they were like sketching how to give her a lobotomy. She was like, "This is not the good way to die." <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. 
but and, and her jokes about Natasha's posing. She was like, "Why do you do that pose?" That was, like, uh, that and, then, and then she did it in the upper room, and she was like, and "She was Ugh. like, oh, disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> that, that joke was perfect. It's like when right. she did when they were breaking her father out, and she did it like on the bridge. She was like, "That's a poser." Like when she when she was flying yeah. the copter, I was like. That's the best. That's one of the yeah. best running jokes in, in the MCU. But, that was freaking awesome. Um. So hold on. Okay. So going going back to when Natasha first went off the grid, let's talk about this friend that she has that can find just all kinds of shit for her. I need to know more about him. I thought that was the dude from um, Shield, the British guy at first, because he kind of looks like him, but it wasn't Luke. No, not yeah, no, Luke. I- the one that was with uh, Mockingjay. Mockingbird. Huh? Uh, Mockingbird's husband. Um, what's his name? Oh, oh. Um, Hunter? Yeah. I know you're yes. talking about. Yeah, but it, 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 got, it kind of looked almost a little bit alike. So, but No, he, he, plays, he, play, he plays Luke in Handmaid's Tale. I don't watch Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay, Tale. okay. But yeah. I don't like watching women oppressed. I, I need to know more about this character and who he is and how he can just find, like, helicopters and quinjets and um just all kinds of stuff because um i need a friend like that okay right like but um i also felt like i felt some vibes between them like the way she was looking at him it was kind of like one of those boy if i wasn't an international super spy who was always on the run for my life (laughs) especially when she walked in the mobile home and saw him laying down she was kind of like hmm right now nah, you better get up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, there, there was there was there was some flirting. There was some flirting there. But I need to know more about his character and if we're gonna see him anymore. Because what is it that Red says in Shawshank Redemption? I'm the man who can get things. <laughs> so inter- interesting note about Rick. Rick Mason is his name. He um mm-hmm. he is the son of Phineas Mason, who is the tinkerer. We have seen him already. We've seen the Tinkerer already, or we've yes. seen okay. we've seen the Tinkerer. He was in Spider Man. He was with uh, oh, that's a good he catch. Was, that's he was, a good yeah, movie. he was he, he was with Vulture. Yeah, he was with the Vulture. He was designing all. The oh, yeah. okay. So now I need to go back and watch. Yeah, I know, right, Lori? Like, okay, y'all are gonna make me go back and watch. Okay, yes, that in the comic book that was a great in the Spider-Man, comic books, right? That is his father. Hmm. He was a shield agent. He was a he was a former shield agent, but yeah, whatever. Wasn't everybody a former shield agent? So they... Everyone's a former shield. Who who else will be able to get their hands on the quinjet? Right. right. Like, where do you just come up with that? Unless that was one of those things where Nick Fury was like, "Oh, you helping my girl Natasha? All right, I give this to you on loan." I'm sure he knew somebody. He probably knew someone who owed him a favor from when he was a shield agent. You know, he probably called in some favors, spent a little money. Yeah, he wouldn't take. He knew how to fly it. He got it there. True, that's a good point. Right, right. That's true. But yeah, the tinkerer. If 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 they are, if they're going to be pulling this stuff together, that the tinkerer is his dad. Yeah, that was interesting. I caught that, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. So yeah, so let, let's talk about the other, I guess you could say the other part of this redemptive arc, if we want to call it that, for Natasha. So the, the main premise of this movie becomes the fact that not just that she's on the run because of what's going on with the Avengers, but when she 
comes into contact with Yelena and Yelena is kind of throwing shade at her about being a superhero. You can get your superhero friends to help you with this, blah, 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 blah. She was like, yeah, I was fully expecting for Captain America to come in and bring down the Red Room. And Natasha stops and she's like, what do you mean? The Red Room was destroyed years ago because she thought she killed Drakeoff. So she finds out that Drakeoff is not only alive, he's still creating widows and he's using, you know, whatever serum he has to mind control them. And this becomes like the driving force for Natasha through this movie because she's like, okay, this is on me. If I had made sure that he was dead the first time I tried to kill him, then all of these other girls wouldn't have been captured, wouldn't have fallen into this same trap that I had to grow up with. So that becomes the main driving force for her through this um, through this movie. And let me say, that Drakeoff character, he is a piece of work. Yeah, I did. You can't you can't make me believe that that he didn't that he wasn't like a true piece of crap in in Tasha's girls. You can't make me believe he didn't. Oh no, you you know I thought about that too because I'm like they never imply that like the only thing we've ever heard is that these girls have been trained assassins but if you think about it one of the key elements like i said earlier of natasha's character is that she has to be flirty and seductive and that's if you think about a lot of like spy films or whatever when it comes to women and sometimes even men one of the things that they have to do in order to get the job done is they have to seduce their mark or they have to become the girlfriend. They have to become the wife. They have to become the lover. And that's part of how they get access to whatever it is they're supposed to be getting access to. And these are all young girls. How do you think they're going to learn that? They probably were trained in that too. And that thought is so sickening, but you know that had to have happened. And then the way that he talks like when he talks about Natasha, he was like, I gave her a home. I gave her love. Like, ugh, I don't even want to know how you equate love considering what you do to all these other girls. Like mind control is not love. Teaching them how to kill and how to infiltrate governments and all this right. other stuff. Yeah. That's not love. So what are you thinking of? Ew. Right. But you know, they had that probably had to be a part of their training too. So uh, I, that joke is a piece of work. And the fact, okay, so someone please explain to me, how do you implement a pheromone lock? Because this is what he says he's done. He he has implemented a pheromone lock so that any of his widows that come near him and they smell his scent, they are physically prevented from harming him or being you know able to harm me him. Of? That reminded me of Demolition Man, where um, what's his name couldn't hit the um, mayor. Or the guy he said he said that he needed him to kill Dennis Leary's character, but he couldn't physically kill the mayor. Like he's like, don't you have something going through your head? Like he was he was like mentally trained and told that if you come in contact with this person, you can't kill them. It's like I mean, it's the whole it's the whole thing with it's the same thing with um, Natasha. She probably did have, she had no idea that that's what she did. It's like she was like, I'm going to kill you. He's like, no, nah, no, you're not. And it's. it's really kind of scary the levels of mind control that he put all those girls through like that's just like there was another show i think that i i blacklist blacklist is another show i'm thinking of that where it's like someone tried to oh you know i was thinking of constantine 
where um yeah. Gabriel yeah. tried tried yeah. to hit tried to hit Satan right. and, yeah. and yeah. she yeah. was like yeah. right in, right before right before she punched right. him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's just yeah. a crazy it's a really scary level of mind control. And and as far as the technical uh, details of that, I would say that it was probably something that he made a deal with Dr. Doom in Latveria, and Dr. Doom helped him out with the tech on that because of the sensory thing. But as for general, that's just some deep, 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 deep mind control. And like I said, I, I briefly mentioned it, Blacklist, Blacklist. This, especially this current season, they really uh, brought up this whole spy training thing because they had an episode where they were showing um, uh, what's your name's mother as a child being dominated by her father and having these trainings when she was like nine years old, spying on shopkeepers and stuff. So it's a it's a trope that they have, but I think for this it was done very very well. And I think that it gave the movie the extra oomph that it needed. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't like seeing young girls. Again, I go back to Shallow Bone, Romeo Pimp. You've got this guy who has manipulated these girls. He's got, he, he says, he says, I'm going to overrun the world with the best commodity that we never run out of girls. I oh mean, my God, when I tell you. He literally that doesn't care. made my skin crawl. I was like, oh, no. Oh, like, yeah, yeah mine too. Yeah. Well, back to the pheromones thing, I, I kind of zoned out for a second. Were we, did anyone mention Kilgrave? No, we didn't. Jessica... We didn't. That's no, that's, that's a good a one, one, though. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if, since they're all in the same universe, even though they don't cross paths, I would assume he knows about Kilgrave. Mm -hmm. And he probably was like, oh, let's figure that shit out. You know, we've already got the mind control thing down. Let's yeah. figure this other thing out. Now, is he taking the treatment? You know, did he have his glands adjusted to secrete that specific pheromone type? You know, is he taking pills every morning? I mean, I would like to know uh, how that so, works. So you're, so you're, so right. you're saying it's sort of like the Purple Man Kilgrave thing that they did with Jessica Jones, and David Tennant's character. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. That actually would make more sense. Yeah. This is the, I mean, do those, those pheromones smell like Dracar Noir or <laughs> like? All I'm saying <laughs> is that David Tennant's character as the Purple Man and Jessica Jones still gives me okay, the creeps. I, was, I only watched like one or two episodes of Jessica Jones, and I don't even remember why I stopped. I think it was just scheduling at that point, and I just never went back to it. But that. I think the episode where they reveal him in it, and I was just like, mm -hmm. oh yeah. I yeah. was just looking at the TV yeah. like, what the fuck is this? What? Oh yeah, it gets now, worse. I, I, it heard, gets I heard, I heard. I do plan on going back and watching it, but <laughs> oh yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, oh, when I say he acted his little butt off like no one's business, but I could see actually that same technology being applied uh, to them because at, at first, when she couldn't do it, especially when she says, you know, thank you for your, you know, your help. But, but when he goes and he sort of kind of goes to hit her and she kind of shies back like she's scared of him. I was going, OK, how much of that is acting? How much of that is actual, you know, control? And I don't know. I, I, I went back and watched it a few times and I want to say that. 80% of that was the control, 20% of that was acting because as we know, her mom had told her about that particular thing. So I, I, I'm curious because 
don't know. I, I think a lot of it was acting. Well, I think part of it was, even though Melina had told her about it, I think, mm. I think it was acting in the sense of she had to make it seem like she was going after him to kind of put him in that mindset and to, I guess, kind of disarm him because when she did that and she was unable to actually harm him, he got a little bit too arrogant and he started monologuing a little bit too much. He started giving, I mean, same thing she did with Loki. As she says, she does have a particular set of skills. And one of the things that she can do is she can get people to talk when they're not supposed to talk. Right. So he's telling her about this pheromone lock. Then she gets to the point where she starts provoking him to the point where he will hit her because what she's trying to do is get him to break her nose so that she doesn't, what what is it that she says? Break the- um, Olfactory um, nerve. Olfactory nerve. She's trying to sever, sever the nerve so that she won't smell it so she can attack him. And unfortunately, like she says, he's just not strong enough. Or he doesn't know how to hit her well enough, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say because he, his character seems like the type of person who likes to hit on women. Mm. But yeah. he just wasn't doing it the right way. And so she has to do it herself. But yeah, I think I think part of that was acting for her, but it was more so to kind of get him off his game or to get him to lower his guard mm. because now he's being all you know, arrogant. Oh yeah. You think you can do this? Well, you can't touch me and nobody can touch me because I have all these people all around the world and I have all these girls and they can do this. And, you know, he literally pulls out the desk drawer. He unlocks it, not even paying attention to the fact that she's watching him. This is somebody that you trained. You should know where her skills are. Why are you just, you know, it's the arrogance yeah it is yes but they left a dangling thread that ring because remember he said i need to go back and he had left his ring behind i want to know what was in that ring or what that ring was the the ring was how she she was able to unlock the um how she was able to log into yeah um, oh okay i missed it then okay she slipped of course, she slipped it off his finger and he didn't realize okay. it. All right. Realize okay, it. I missed that. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the he, he thinks he's the smartest person in the room and he's... He is definitely not. Right. No. Right, like you trained her well. But yeah, so basically what he did was when he was going on his little arrogant monologue, he pulled open the desk drawer and there was that keyboard or right, that... Right. And then he took the ring and he moved it diagonally, and that's what brought up his log. Oh, that's when she, yeah, yeah, okay. And so, as he was trying to escape and get on the helicopter, he realized he didn't have the ring on his hand and that she had. And of course, it was too late for him to do anything about it at that point because she'd already gone in. She copied the names, I guess it was like the names and locations of all of those girls onto a a hard drive, yeah, saw that, yeah. I would assume she probably she probably gave that to either Yelena or she probably gave that to Secretary Ross as part of her bargaining chip because of course we see at the end of the movie two weeks later she still hasn't been captured even though Ross uh-huh. and his team were cornering her after everything happened and they brought the red room down but you know I thought about this too since we know that this happens in between Civil War and Infinity War 
it makes a lot more sense now when Steve, Natasha, Vision, and Wanda walk into Avengers Tower with Rhodey. Ross's hologram walks up to them and he specifically turns to Natasha and says, you have some nerve. Right. This takes place right, right. In, you know, yeah. after all of yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's still a little perturbed at her because she got away from him. And then she turned around and brought down the red room without his help. And I mean, her bringing down that red room probably put her in that bargaining position where she said, I did your job for you. Now you can leave me alone and let me right. go. Yeah. But yeah. Even though she was still right. kind of on the run for two years with all of them, you know, right. at the end of this movie, she says that she's going to go help break her friends out of prison. <laughs> So I'm going to assume at that point, she probably had been in contact with Steve because other than that, how would she know where they are? Because she doesn't really know. She just knows Ross says that they have them. So I, yeah, I think he was probably just a little bit bitter because that could have been his one thing like, oh my God, I could catch Natasha Romanoff and that'll get everyone off my back. And then she's like, well, I brought the red room down. So I want my freedom or I want you to leave me alone. I want you to let me go and don't pursue me. That's probably what happened. And he couldn't really do anything. I mean, you've got a field full of debris that you need to now clean up and explain mm-hmm. what this is. Why was there a whole fortress in the sky? Why did we not know about it? Why did you, the government, not know about it? How did you not know about this dude who was kidnapping all these girls and using them as sleepers? I mean... Ross has right. a lot on his plate, so oh poor baby. I just, yeah, I just thought about that when um, you know thinking about the fact that he surrounded her at the end, and I was like, oh, that's why he was so petulant when he said, "You have some nerve." And then if you think about her hair at the end of the movie, it was the hair that she had at the beginning of um, Infinity War, which I absolutely hate. <laughs> oh i agree with you but they did preference it because when she was in the trailer you saw she had a, a thing of, of clairol blonde uh hair dye in her hand right. yeah. so yeah, yeah they they reference it and i think that that with her is sort of like chris uh, uh helmsworth is that she got tired of dyeing her hair and they made deals to get more of their regular real hair in the movies yeah so. and then of course i think she had wigs on for for most of it right so. yeah 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 but again, that poor Ross, he just needs to leave that girl alone because she's going to embarrass you every time. Just when you think, oh, I'm closing in on her. I'm about to arrest her. Make, her have, make him have another heart attack. Chill the fuck out. Chill out. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. But um, what else in this movie? Okay. So let's go back. We need to talk about Alexi. Because Alexi is one of those characters. I don't know if it's because he's been in prison for the last 20 years or what. That dude does not know how to read the room. How can you not tell that these girls do not want to be bothered with you? They don't want your praise. The things that he claims he's so proud of them for, they're both disgusted like, this is really all you want from us. And and even when they crash near St. Petersburg and they get off the plane, he wants to talk to Natasha. Natasha, Natasha, come here. I have something to ask you. It's important. Did he ever speak of me? I mean, when you were trading war stories, oh didn't even talk about me. Who? That was Captain America. She was like, "You haven't seen us in twenty years, and this is what you want to know about you." I was like, "Alexi, you're you so dumb." I, I was more disturbed when he tells Melina that he's been in prison. He's got, and I quote, oh a lot of energy. God. I was so wrong. 
Oh my god, they were they were gr- I mean they they were both like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been here with pigs, so yeah. Natasha was like, please, uh, please don't. She looked like and, she was about to cry. And the oh my fact god, that Melina really didn't look all that disgusted when he said that. No, Melina was with it because, like, like I said, oh, right. she, she she's been on she's been on the farm with pigs trying to teach them like how to get through a damn maze. What makes you think you know she ain't seen not not nah piece of no. a man. And she named a pig after him. I don't. I don't. Even, I don't even want to get into the possible bestiality <laughs> stuff because I mean, she does. She has been. She has been like messing with their minds. I mean, maybe she can get him to like no, point. Like, uh-uh, no. Uh. 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 All, all I, I said it before. I'll just say her parents. Their parents are absolutely adorable. That's all. Doesn't mean the animal farm got issues. Oh God. Like when they're on the plane after after they rescue him from the prison and Yelena bops him in the nose, he's like, "Why the aggression? Are you on your period?" She was like, "I don't get periods, you dipshit. That's what happens in the red room. They give you when they give you a hysterectomy." She was like, "They take your insides, they go in and they just rip them out." And just the way that she was saying it and her her, I was the- squeamish, and I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to hear all that. I really don't need to hear all of that. Was, yeah, so she was, she went straight to the point. Right. Like, yeah. She was like, no, this is what you signed us up for. You wanted us to go to the red room. Like Natasha specifically said, I don't want to go back there. You can't take her there. She's only six. Like Natasha knew what was going to happen to them. And he's just like, what is it? That's the greatest honor for you to be up there. Blah, blah, blah. Like, dude. Do you not realize? And I'm going to be honest, he probably didn't realize what they do to the girls there. He was probably, I mean, he's so full of himself and he's so, all he wants to do is be the Red Guardian. Not, not what was it? Not the Chris, Crimson, not Dynamo. The Crimson Dynamo, but the Red Guardian. <laughs> all he wants well, to he be just, the Red Guardian. He, and he just, he thinks that Drakov is like the best leader ever and is going to bring a unified Russia and then all this stuff starts happening he probably really didn't understand the magnitude of what the Red Room does to those girls. Right because he's a very frustrated communist and he says on the plane he goes I just want the party to be a real party so he bought the whole thing sink you know hook line and sinker Mm -hmm. so when he gets put in jail for life when the girls go off and they tell that he's disillusioned because he is actually trying to be a good uh what do they call them comrade so to speak so yeah so yeah yeah he says it at the dinner he said in my heart i'm a good man right right like he really thought he was doing something good for his country and he thought by sending the girls to the red room that he was doing something good for them. And in his eyes, he succeeded. Like Natasha was this really successful spy for Russia. And then she joined the Avengers. He's like, oh my God, you are an Avenger. And then, like I said, with Yelena, he's like, you were the most accomplished child assassin ever produced. Like those are the things that he's proud of. And he can't see the disgust on their faces like, this is not what we wanted. We just wanted a regular life. We just wanted we just wanted to have a family and just live and be regular people. They didn't want this for their life, you know? And I, you know, he's just so, he's so clueless. When he tells Yelena the story about getting the frostbite and his father uh, peeing on his hands to save off the frostbite. Bruh. He was like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? He said, you know, 
fathers basically he was trying to say fathers may not do the best things or they may not do or say the right things but they have the best intentions i think that's what he was trying to say but of course he doesn't know how to communicate with them because in his mind <laughs> he says all i ever did was love you girls his version of love is not what they were looking for. Not in that sense. They wanted the dad that they had for three years in Ohio. They did not want this other person who he ended up really being. And he doesn't know how to communicate with them on that level. But I think he understands just like at the end when Natasha was like, you got something to say? He was like, I just messed it up. And he just grabbed her hand. I think that was probably the best thing that he could have done. Because he, the whole movie, he's just walking around with his foot in his mouth. Basically. I was absolutely hysterical i mean you just it was so david harbour did Girls, such i can't a good hear job. you on the earpiece but i just want to say she's like um you don't have it <laughs> how do you not know you're you've got your hand in your ear how do you not know you don't have an earpiece i was like this dude is dumb it was me. so it was it was so good i mean it's just he was he was perfect he, that that was that was perfect casting all the way down the line yeah that was pretty freaking awesome Oh, jeez. So, the okie doke that Melina and Natasha pulled when they switched faces and suits. Another throwback. Yeah. It was a good one because I was sitting there when Melina and Natasha are having their talk and Natasha is basically appealing to Melina. She's like, look, just because you were born in the cage doesn't mean you have to stay there. Because Melina tells her, she's like, look, I was cycled through the red room four times before you were even born. This is all I've known. So at first I wanted to be mad at her character because of what she did to the girls and the fact that she was still working for him. But when she said that, it's like in that one statement, you completely empathize with her character because this is all she's ever known. She doesn't know how to do anything else. And then this person who is in control of this red room has so much control over everyone how could you even think of defying him? And even if you thought about it, I mean, if you look at Natasha's example, like she tried to kill him, she tried to blow him up, but it didn't succeed. And then because it didn't succeed, he implemented other things that exerted even more control over the other girls that were there. It's just kind of like one of those things where she probably just felt trapped. And I think when she saw Alexi and the girls pull up to her fence, she was probably apprehensive. But at the same time, she might've been a little bit hopeful, like, oh, there may be a way out for me yet, you know? But that little okie doke where she turned into Natasha and Natasha was her. When Natasha walked in, I thought something was weird about it, but I couldn't place my finger on it. But I was just like, she's not acting like Melina. She's acting a little bit weird. And then when Drekoff says, when you've raised a child, as long as I have, you can tell when they're wearing a mask. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then when he tried to touch her face and she automatically put her hand up, I was like, oh, wait, that's Mm -hmm. not Melina. That's gotta be Natasha. Mm -hmm. But I thought that the way that they deal it was kind of brilliant. And then, of yeah. course, Melina gets Alexi out of the cell as he's making this heartfelt confession to Natasha, again, who is not there and can't hear it. And then, you know, she, as Yelena is on the table about to get lobotomized or whatever it is they're about to do, Melina says, yeah, you know, Yelena has the other earpiece. She's like, Yelena, it's me. It's mommy. You have a knife in your belt. I was like, oh, okay. So they just planned this whole 
stuff while Alexi was in there talking about getting his hands peed on by his dad. <laughs> like this is what the <laughs> this is what the older women were doing while he's in there trying to placate or you know trying to with the adults were doing. Oh goodness. Okay, so let's talk about these widows. First of all, can can I just say I know you're going to talk about it, but I just want to say how disappointed I am in that it literally took twenty of them to subdue. <laughs> <laughs> to subdue um Natasha. Natasha. So I was impressed because all that did was kind of reiterate for me that Natasha as a widow is one of a kind. Like you can do all of, this yeah. to duplicate, you can do all the training or whatever. But whatever was in her genetic makeup that made them want to take her, which we find out in the film as well, her birth mother actually didn't abandon her. She was compensated for her child but then she kept looking for her child and Drakoff ended up having her killed but whatever is in her genetics that makes her amazing and able to like leap off of buildings and fly through the air and fight on broken pieces of whatever and not have broken bones yeah that was pretty evident because those right. widows came in and she was like look I don't want to hurt y'all and y'all don't want to hurt me they started fighting her. She's wop, wop, wop there on the ground. I was like, I said, wait a minute. Let me count. One, two, three, four. Oh, wait, there's two at a time, seven. I mean, she was getting it. And I mean, they were throwing her up against the wall. They body slammed her on the desk. When they body slammed her on the desk, I knew her body was broken. I was so sure her back was broken. And she got up and she kept fighting. I was like... Okay, yes, y'all need to give us another origin story because some they had to have done something to her. Oh yeah, we just don't yeah. know about it. Yeah. No. Side note, I, I do want to point. I do want to point out the fact that one of the things that you don't do in a large group fight scene is have the other people linger around in the background. So at one point no, when she was fighting like four of them, there were like five or six of them just standing there. They were waiting their turn. Come on, choreographers. You got to get better. We got to do better. I mean, it's just like... I feel like I was watching um, watching a Star yeah, Wars watching. movie again when after they killed Snoke and you have the stunt people in the background fighting themselves. It's like, come on, guys. Let's not have them stand there and look like they need something to do. Right. At least have them... That, that's also... Well, yeah, whatever. That's also any 80s action film, too. You know, gotta do better. When John Claude stands up, and they all fight, they did. They stood around watching until they decided it was their turn. You know this. You saw these movies. We, I mean, it's just like a Bruce. That, yeah. it's, it's just like like in the Dragon, where all those all those guys were standing around, yeah. and they only yeah, attacked yeah. them one at a time. I mean, it's a, yep, yep, it's a trope. It, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think that I think in the series, the season finale of Blue Assassins, I think they actually stood in line and waited for their turn, literally, <laughs> when they were going through the gate. I mean, it's kind of like they did that in Kill Bill, too. With yeah, exactly. Yeah, with the 88. Japanese restaurant. Crazy 88, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the crazy mm -hmm. 88. It's like, like you say, Anthony, first of all, if you see that this one person is whooping everybody's ass that comes near her and everybody is approaching her one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one, and she's taking them down. That's when you all converge. Not that I wanted too. that to happen because I wanted to see Black Widow kick some ass. And she, I mean, she she was kicking some ass. But yeah, like you say, I'm just saying all those hey. movies are. Uh, 
Yeah, but all those are valid. The the criticism applies to all of them. Why they stand around like and, and they weren't even like bouncing or you know dancing side to side. They're all just standing there. This is my turn. Come on, you gotta do better. Yep, time, time. You got time to lean. You got time to lean into a punch. I, I uh, hear something like that. I love Leroy, Leroy Jenkins in the corner saying, "Y'all just time <laughs> for your ass whipping. Just wait there for your ass whipping. It's coming. Just wait." <laughs> Leroy speaking Jenkins. Of, speaking of the fighting, going back to what Laura was saying, I do agree with you about the Red Guardian and Taskmaster. Task that should have been a better fight. We should have seen more of that fight. And yes. and that, yes, that exactly. would have been Red Guardian's opportunity to say, I actually fought Captain America. Because he was fighting a dude. Right. Right. Yes, 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 right. yes. But of course, or, instead, he tries to turn behind. He tries to turn behind Melina just in case this is the last. And Melina is already going to do that. what she's supposed to do. He's like, oh, damn it. Okay, let me fight. <laughs> Casually walked out the door. As soon as, as, soon as she saw timing. Taskmaster, she was like, this is. She was like, oh, you I'm want out. something to be? There you go. <laughs> well, see, that would have been a perfect opportunity. Again, <laughs> what they could have done, because they did the whole de-aging on him really well to begin the movie. They could have given us a quick 30, 40 second uh, flashback or past or whatever of him in his prime as red guardian kicking some ass and then they could have transitioned it into modern day with him fighting the guy just to give us him in his glory days i would have loved to see that now here's my question because i actually went and looked up the north institute in ohio just to see where it falls because i was like okay so what's what's the big deal about the north institute so apparently that was one of the locations where hydra was training their winter soldiers including bucky Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. they went and destroyed it so i'm like okay i know you said that you fought captain america which technically couldn't be true unless you were born way back in you know unless you were captain america's age which clearly he is not so i'm wondering if maybe he fought one of the other super soldiers and he just fought, told everybody. He could have fought Captain. Isaiah Bradley. Yep, that's true. That's true. He could have fought Isaiah Bradley. That would fall within the timeline. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know he Great. was a product of the same super soldier serum that they injected Bucky with. Mm-hmm. A variation of it. So. Right. Yeah. So we don't we don't actually know exactly how old he is. I mean, he may appear to be a 45, 50 year old man, but he could be. Eight? Yeah, but so, he he won't yeah. be a contemporary of Bucky and Steve's. No, 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 not a contemporary. No, he no. would be more of a contemporary with Isaiah. Yeah, because I was right. going to say there's no way he could have fought Captain America, or 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 if he fought the other Captain America. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, but we we are dealing over. with other shows with variants and different timelines, so you never know. I mean. I saw I saw someone have that theory have that theory on YouTube. They were like, oh, really? it's possible that when Steve was after he had went back and he was sort of in hiding, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that he may have, you know, had a mission or did something with uh Peggy that they would have crossed paths with him. Oh there it is. 
Yep. That was that was I mean, not my theory. That was a theory that I read somewhere. I don't oh, buy it. I, mean, <laughs> I, I just happened to just come up with it just like when I was like, I mean, there's no way he could have fought Captain America. Oh, wait a minute. There yeah, might be. Ed, if you Ed, if you want to take credit for that theory, it's fine. I won't say anything. It's cool. Mm, no. <laughs> I'll give you all I'll give you all the theory credit that you would that you as a matter of fact, give me a second. I will find who said that and I'll give them the proper <laughs> okay. credit they're due. I'm not right. claiming it. So here's the other thing about fights. So at the end of the Red Guardian and Taskmaster Taskmaster fight, <laughs> the way that the fight stopped is because Melina comes in and she does that classic Black Widow neck roll thing and she flips Taskmaster into one of the cells and they close her in. I was like, okay, Melina, like, can, can we get a Melina widow story somewhere it was a little different though it was a little different it wasn't it was a little different it it was like her variation of it but it was still awesome still awesome and it was still rachel weiss doing it actually and yeah and 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 what's her name the other one she did it too Mm -hmm. but she did another variation of the same thing Mm -hmm. why can i think of her name florence Pugh. yelena yelena i think each class is taught a new and improved technique. So Melina's is probably the old school mm-hmm. version, you know? So, but yeah, no, it was, like I said, I, I was more impressed because you, like you said, she's 51 years old. I'm 49. I'm telling you, just doing basic exercise is hard. <laughs> so I can't imagine doing a flip. Right. Um, once they bring the red room, there's kind of like a reconciliation between all the characters. Like I said, um, Natasha, finds Yelena and she tells her please forgive me little sister I should have come to look for you it was real for me you know and that basically solidifies we are sisters no matter what and I think the same happens with Alexia and Melina they don't exchange the words but just the the simple hand grasp that Alexia does with Natasha and then also does with Yelena I think that kind of solidifies them going back to considering themselves family and even um, Natasha says so towards the end when she's going towards the Quinjet and she's talking to Rick she says you know I spent all these years thinking I didn't have a family turns out I have two one is in shambles right now I'm going to try to go see if I can fix that and that's where she's talking about the Avengers she's talking about going to break them out of prison and seeing if she can help mend those broken bridges but at the end of the credits there is a scene and it's obviously several years later we see an older Yelena with her dog and they're going to it it looks like a small makeshift cemetery and there is a tree there and that's kind of similar to the description that Drekoff gave to Natasha as far as where they buried her her real mother and it turns out she's at Natasha's grave and it is just a simple headstone it says Natasha Romanoff daughter sister Avenger and one of the things that I've seen people being upset about on Twitter you know people were like I wonder, do the Avengers even know where her grave is? Have they come to visit? No, the Avengers didn't even know she had a family because, you know, in the scene in Endgame after she died, when the guys are by the lake, somebody asked, it was either Tony or it was Bruce who said, do we know if she had family? And then Cap says, we were her family. Somebody says, 
um, why don't they even know that she had a whole other family if this movie took place in between Civil War and Infinity War? Like, wouldn't she have gone back and said something? I don't think she would have because one, by her very nature, Natasha is kind of secretive. She doesn't, she doesn't give out a lot of information about herself personally because she was a spy. You know, not only that, her first family were also spies. Her sister, one of the Red Room assassins. Her father, the Red Guardian, who, if y'all remember, Natasha and Yelena broke out of prison. So he is a fugitive. Melina was one of the architects of the Red Room. I don't think she would give out that information or even tell anybody that, okay, I found my original family this is who they are. I, I, I don't think she would do that, not only because she doesn't share that kind of information, but also to protect, you know, those people. Not only that, they were with the other widows trying to free the rest of the widows around the world. I think having them on anybody's radar, especially somebody like a Secretary Ross, that would kind of hinder that process. But not only that, I think if she would have told anybody, she probably would have told Clint. Yeah, Clint would, Clint, Clint, I was going to say, Clint would be the only person she would have told. Clint would be the only person that she probably told. And she probably didn't even give him all the details. She probably just said, yo, I reconnected with my family and we're good. That's probably it. If he does know the identity of her family, he probably wouldn't tell the rest of them out of respect for her. Because if she didn't give that information, why would he, even if she's gone? Yeah. But also right. in the same vein, it's kind of like with Clint. Clint has a whole family that none of the Avengers knew about because he wanted it off of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar. We know Clint can keep a motherfucking secret. Wait, did, <laughs> so did Natalie know? Knows, I said Natalie. Did Natasha know about Natasha? Natasha, Natasha knew. knew. So because the if I was a, she, she, he would, she would know about, he would know about hers too. Yeah, but I mean, because she wants the baby to be named yeah. after Not her. only that, because, but the little girl also said, did you bring Auntie Nat with you? Yeah. So that, you know, we know that that, um, that mission in Budapest bonded them for Budapest. life. Budapest. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think if anybody knows, Clint would know. But, of course, he wouldn't say anything to anybody. But I think for me personally, it also explains to me why... Natasha was more adamant about the fact that she'd be the one to sacrifice herself for the soul stone instead of Clint. Because with this movie falling where it does, like Natasha says, she knows that she now has two families. She doesn't feel incomplete in that sense anymore. Like she has a family. She's reconnected with these people. She feels whole on that front. She knows what Clint has gone through because Clint's whole family, all three children and his wife, were part of the snap and she knew that them going to get the stones their goal was to try to bring everyone else back now i don't know if her family was effective during the snap we don't know if that affected any of them but she sees what it did to barton i mean clint went literally went on a killing spree he killed all of the people who were doing bad things like as punishment he was like yeah you know innocent people we're gone in the snap, but you're still here. So I'm going to eliminate you. I think in her mind, when they were fighting back and forth about who was going to give themselves up, 
I think she decided to do it because she was at peace. At this point, she had done everything that she needed to do for her family. She had forgiven herself for what she did to Drekoff's daughter. And I think she felt like, okay, I have my peace with my family. It's time for Clint to have that peace as well. I really think that's why she ultimately was the one who sacrificed herself. And this movie just kind of solidifies that for me because it's, it's kind of like, I've done everything that I needed to do. My journey is complete. Let me give him that same opportunity. Yeah. I think yeah, that makes sense because I mean, with how she helped Taskmistress or whatever, she um she kind of cleaned that red off her ledger and mm-hmm. kind of made up for it. Plus, she got a chance to see that her her baby sister's doing fine, that she's okay, that her surrogate parents are okay, and she kind of made you know made peace with all that. I mean, there really wasn't much left. I mean, she, yeah. They, and I think also too, it's important to note that when she was able to free Antonia from the mind control serum and she apologized to her, what did Antonia say? She wasn't worried about Natasha and what she did. Her question was, is he gone? She had been living under her father's control for so long. I think that probably affected her more than whatever it was that Natasha did. And if you've been living in that kind of controlled environment and as his personal bodyguard, you see what he's doing to all of these other girls. I think in Antonia's mind, she probably forgave Natasha because she realizes that was probably the only way for Natasha to get out. And if one person was able to get out from that kind of control, it was probably worth whatever the price that had to be paid. But then not only that, now you just freed a whole bunch of other people too. So it's kind of like one of those things where I just feel like she had already forgiven Antonia especially once she realized what happened. I mean, she was there in the room when Natasha was explaining it to Drekoff why she killed or, you know, why she tried to kill the daughter. She right. like, it was the only way I could get free. And remember, and remember, um, Elena, I keep forgetting Florence Pugh's character's name. She, she had, yeah, she had said that it's like you're not in control, but you are aware of what's going on. So she has always been aware of what was happening. She just wasn't in control. Right. That's got to be horrible. Especially since, like you said, you can't control it. So this man is sending you out on missions where you have to kill other people. And he, I mean, he's doing that to his widows. Think about the one who fell when she was pursuing Natasha and Yelena. She fell from a roof, Mm -hmm. broke her leg, and he made her kill herself. And the girl said, I don't want to do this. Nobody wants to die like that. But she probably didn't want to be under his control anymore either. But going back to the end credit scene. So like I said, Yelena approaches and we see it's Natasha's tombstone, which is really weird to me because that whole thing has always been weird to me that you have a tombstone and a grave but nobody, because you know Clint didn't come back from Vormir with Natasha's body, so that's just weird to me in and of itself, but as she's there, (sighs) as she's there at the grave, all of a sudden, we hear someone very loudly blowing their nose, (laughs) and it turns out to be Contessa Valentina (laughs) D'Allegra 
Fontaine. Who just snuck, who just, right? just magically right? appeared. Yeah. Just don't right. just don't call her Val. Just don't call her Val. But yeah, so apparently Yelena has been working with Val. I don't I, I don't know if I want to say for Val or with Val. I think for because she she specifically mentioned Yeah. Oh, getting a raise. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so Valentina says. Oh, yeah, I want to raise two, but you're going to earn yours. And she says, I thought I'd bring you your next target in person. How would you like to go after the guy who killed your sister? And she hands her a tablet with Clint Barton's photo on it. So automatically, we know Yelena is going to be in the Hawkeye series. See, I disagreed with that, that whole byplay, because that's not technically true. It's not true, but think about who we're talking about. We're talking about Valentina. She's gonna she's yeah, gonna yeah. she's gonna misrepresent the facts to get right. what she wants. Right. Yeah. I don't know why she wants to go after Clint. I'm sure we'll find that out in the Hawkeye series, but she has a method to her madness. Mm-hmm. And as far as they know, at most they know that Clint went off with Natasha and came back by himself. Right. right. So and this, because and this, Valentina has a way of finding out those kinds of details. Yeah. Right. And this will probably go into how Clint lost his hearing too. Like her attacking him and he'll, him being in an explosion that blow that kind of blows out his hearing where he can't where he because he's gonna they're saying he's gonna be deaf in the series and he's deaf in the comics too. So oh okay, right. I didn't know right. that. So, so I, I, I think, think that, that 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 that's probably gonna be something that will will be a like something that Yelena did will be in a will be a cause of his hearing loss. Okay. I'm just I interested to see them fight. I, just I am too. To, oh, yeah. That's yeah. gonna be crazy. Because at first I was thinking maybe she's at a disadvantage because he did take down Natasha, but then I started thinking about it and I was like, well at the time maybe Natasha was looking for a way out. So she yeah. does you know how how he knows that she was pulling her punches? She was probably pulling her punches then too to get right. captured so i don't know we'll see how it goes but the other thing is i know that this movie was supposed to be our introduction to valentina mm-hmm. because it was supposed to come out last year and then we were supposed to get her in falcon and the winter soldier i actually like the fact that we got her in falcon and the winter soldier first because i feel like we got to know a little bit more about her character even though we only saw her very briefly i feel like her being in that series, we see, okay, she's kind of sort of a shady character. Two, she has her own agenda and it looks like she's starting to collect people to fit whatever that agenda is. I think that worked, I think it worked better seeing her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier first as opposed to seeing her in this first. Yeah, and it makes me feel better all the times I've said that they weren't gonna put people in both they weren't going to introduce people in the show that we haven't seen in the movie. Right. So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they introduced, technically she should have been introduced in the movie first, mm-hmm. not the yeah. show. So, but, but I, I like yeah. the, the bridging of the MCU movie and the MCU TV. I like that, that bridging that they're doing there. Yes. That you okay. said we weren't going to get <laughs> because not only is she, in a movie and in the TV show, we know that now Yelena was in Black Widow and she's going to be in Hawkeye. And it looks like she's going to be in all eight episodes of Hawkeye. And wasn't she, and she was a young adventure too, wasn't she? 
That, that's I, the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. So I, I've seen people speculating that what Valentina is doing is she is starting to collect people for her team of Young Avengers and that with Yelena going over to the Hawkeye series, she's going to meet... Um, What's her name's character? Kate. Kate. So, oh, well, yes. okay, guys. Kate, Kate Bishop? Yeah, Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. Okay, question. Yeah. I admit, it's been a minute, but there is no Black Widow in Young Avengers, correct? I'm looking now. Hold no, on. I don't think so. Because you've got you've got the boys, you've got Kate, you've got uh, Isaiah Jr., you got, I mean, Eli, you've got Wicked Hulkman, you've got the Tony well, Stark, Miss, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. And um, if you're talking about yeah, the current yeah. generation, well, and uh, the other chick that's going to yeah. show up. Um, yeah, but there's no Black Widow. Yeah, I, so I'm looking on online, Google, it says the members of the Young Avengers are Iron Lad, Hawkeye, Hulkling, Kid Loki, Miss America. Miss America. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. Novar, Patriot, Prodigy, Speed, Stature, Vision, and Wicked. Right, yeah, there's no yeah so maybe she's gonna act as their handler because she's also she's about eight years too old too yeah okay there's a reason they're young avengers okay yeah i think she's gonna wind up being their um their handler i think more than anything and i forgot about stature but um the other thing that's interesting about that is like i said we're getting eight episodes for hawkeye i want to go back to something laurie said about them setting up the young avengers they're, they're going to have to move pretty quickly on it because True. they're having all these shows introducing all these characters like Miss Marvel, Miss America, Isaiah, Kate Bishop. You know, they're lining all these people up and they're not getting any younger. That's true. You know I mean, all, all these things are, we're, mid- we're leaking into late 2022 for some of this stuff. They're going to be middle aged Avengers by the time they get around to it. Well, they could already be filming and we just don't know. Or they've it. already filmed it. No, we they would have been doing it here in Atlanta. We would have known. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. you would have known. Someone would have tipped you off and be like, "Oh, you know they're filming." So, I'm that's saying, like, you know, Hanukkah. You're plugged in, Hanukkah. Say. You know everything. Whatever. <laughs> Come on now. Believe me, I wish. I wish. I agree. I think I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely positive. Between, I, I think between Hanukkah you. knows now. Hanukkah has a, has a contract with Kevin Feige. Where she can't say anything. That's what it is. Between you, you and I and our friend that does the 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 rentals, you know, we know things. Yeah. We see things. I haven't heard things. anything about that though. But I I mean, honestly, if they're trying to keep it a secret or trying to keep it a surprise, they probably would be. They probably could be filming. I mean, who knows? It might be under a secret project name because I have heard of that before, where something was here filming. And they put out information like it was something else totally different. And then it turned out to be, you know, whatever. So well, Star Wars did that back in the day. I, I'm going to stand by what I said. Hanukkah would know. 100%. I, I, Either she knows I, I she have ain't all the confidence. Her. You don't want to blow her source. Hanukkah is not that right. important. It's a great vibe. Right. <laughs> Does anybody have any final thoughts about Black Widow. Mike, you haven't done your shout-outs. All right, real quick. First off, the one I want to shout-out to earlier is Melina. Melina is known as the Iron Maiden in Marvel Comics. Um, She has a way different storyline. Like, she actually fights Natasha 
but it's like she's and she was affiliated with the Thunderbolts. Um, one of her creators is Ralph Macchio. Ironically mm-hmm. enough, there's no relation to the other Mm-mm. Ralph Macchio. It's not the same guy. It's an entirely different guy. So yeah, but oh, yeah, she, he's, she's, he's a, she's a one of the iron. He's a 25 year employee at Marvel. So that's what she is in the Marvel comic universe. Um, Ohio 1995, when the movie starts in 1995, is also the year that Captain Marvel is is um based in so that gives you the parallel to that and shield like that makes you want to go back and watch captain marvel to see if something happens then that tells us anything but uh, th- but this is the same year that is done 95 um, 1995 that's it said ohio 1995 that sounds right yeah that's, that's what it year. said no i know that but i'm i'm trying to think i thought captain marvel took place a little bit earlier. i had to look it up too i had to look it up too i thought it was in the 80s but yeah it, yeah, said, that's, it, that's it was 90s i remember oh, 90s um also shout out to natasha watching moonraker my favorite james bond movie of all time and <laughs> her you know, commentary on that was funny <laughs> awesome um there were there were a couple of parallels like in moonraker at the beginning there was a there was a skydive fighting scene like the one after the upper room, I mean the red room, was falling down. There was also a base way high up in the sky in Moonraker. It was actually in space, but it's kind of the same thing. Um, also, shout out to the vest. We didn't talk anywhere near enough about the vest. Because the, the vest with all the pockets, the one the that pockets. was very versatile. Exactly. It, it, she it, even it, added some of her own. Right. She, it, yeah, she customized it. That was so MacGyver. Yeah, shout funny. out to the vest. That was awesome. And she gave it to her. And I was like, oh, dang, that's a nice little connection to Infinity Wars. It's like the same vest that she had on in there. That was pretty cool. Um, shout out to the the prison was named, was called Seventh Circle. And that's kind of it's kind of reference to Dante's Inferno. The seventh circle of hell is actually for acts of violence, so it's kind of like a prison. So shout out to that. Um, also, shout out to three and a half floppies having important info that can actually change the world again. I'm glad to see that see that came back. Um, I think that the way that they really took care with noticing the small details to make it feel authentically in between those two movies, uh, Civil War and Infinity War, I appreciated those little details because it really did make it feel like that's where it was supposed to be. And I think when I go back and do a rewatch of those movies, I'm now going to watch it in the order it should have been, Infinity War and then Black Widow and then Endgame and just to see how it flows watching it that way. Like we know that's where it's supposed to go and it seems like it's going to fit. I just want to actually visually look yeah, at it that that's way. That's probably going to be dope, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I might throw that on tomorrow when I'm working just to just to watch. I thought about that too because, you know, doing a rewatch. Also, real quick, shout out to Taskmaster's fast-ass tank chase scene. Um, kind of looking like the T two semi uh, semi chase when they were going through going through the gully, like there've been a lot a lot of kind of kind of parallels to that. Um, also, um, shout out to past mas- past mistress or what past mistress's heads up display, um, resembling the heads up display that Tony had when he had Friday to pick out the weaknesses and Cap when they were fighting, because it did basically the same thing. And also, Drakeoff was Drakeoff was I was controlling it because when because it actually had a message at the bottom that said change your mission parameters get the vials mm-hmm. when she was fighting her so he so so drake uh, bitch ass was controlling her with that too 
Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to say that he was controlling it. I think when they put the protocols in the chip in the back of her head, she was originally supposed to be looking for Yelena and the vials. And I think, I don't know how they were tracking the vials, but she had to be tracking the vials some kind of way because for her to find Natasha in such a remote area, right? she had to be tracking the vials maybe from the barcode that was there or something. And then... Once she realized it was Natasha and not Yelena, and then the attention was drawn to the vials, it's like the protocol switched on the thing. Okay, well, this is not the person we're looking for, so let's go for the secondary objective. I don't think he was necessarily controlling her at that point. I think that was just what the protocol was that was programmed into her helmet. Right. Okay, yeah, I can go along with that. Shout out to Mila Jovovich's daughter playing young Natasha which is a pretty, pretty interesting little tidbit, too. You know, was I Ever Anderson familiar. Yeah. Yes, I thought that who that was. Yes. Yeah, that's Miller's daughter. Um, also, shout out to Think Up Anger featuring, featuring Malia J for that for that um version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. That was cool. During the opening credits. That, that was, was, a that great, was cool. beautiful. That was cover. a great cover. That was dope. Yeah. That was one of the best things in the movie. Yes. It fit very perfectly with the scene, especially, like I said, we were getting those images kind of going back and forth between the fake holiday pictures and videos and what was going on with the girls being taken and seeing the training in the red room. It was kind of interspersed with all of those. And it was just, it was an amazing edit. Yeah. That was just, it was great. Yeah, shout out, shout out to the pictures being like standard spy shit. Like, okay, okay, we need to take these pictures to look like a regular family. Like, you know, in case someone came over and was like, wow, so when, so you got any pictures? Yeah, see, look. Yeah, see the girls, this is girls at Easter, this is the girls at Christmas. Yeah, see, look, we're normal. Yes, we are normal, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're normal, yes. This movie was a, was probably a seven for me. I really wanted it to be more than it was, but I just have to kind of, I mean, it's like I have to, instead of being like a true fanboy, I kind of have to be honest. Like I, there are certain parts of the movie I love, but there was like other things that I just kind of can't get past. So, I mean, I liked it, but it still had it, you know, just like, just like most movies do, it had its issues for me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. There there were a couple of things that bothered me, but they weren't major enough for me to not have a great opinion about this movie. I just wish they had given it to us earlier, and I wish we would have more of Natasha's yeah. story. But I I enjoyed I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like I wish there would there would have been more of like like that car chase scene when they when they were bantering back and forth. I mean that stuff, but that was that was like great <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. Are you going to drive? Here's the funny thing, Natasha. In that moment, it's almost like once they started running for their lives, she really did flip into big sister mode. Like when Yelena stole the car, she was like, "You can't go around stealing people's cars." Um, excuse me, Natasha. <laughs> how much damage have you done? And how many? I'm sure you've stolen a motorbike or two doing stuff for the Avengers and then you're going to tell her she can't steal and then when she sees that Taskmaster is about to do something to the car she's like put on your seatbelt she's like oh my god you're such a mom I was like yeah Natasha is in full big sister mode and it was so funny but it was so I I have a weird complaint about the movie wait hold on there was enough action what movie were you watching 
at the end. What I mean, okay, let me clarify that. I wanted more fight scenes. That's a better clarification. I wanted more fight scenes and I wanted better fight scenes. You wanted more because fight the movie. Scenes? Yes, and I wanted better. What Anthony's laughing at me. I'm so I want it. You're smiling. Channeling, you're channeling me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you were accent. You know what I mean. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have said it about this movie, but I, I can understand it. To me, it just seemed like it was like a series of action set pieces. It was sound sporadic, yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying. I, see, yeah, I, 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 guess, I do see yeah, what you're yeah. saying, yeah. It, the the finding yeah. was kind of sporadic. I, I, I get that, yeah. I can see that. It it was a something was missing a little bit. I don't. I I like I said it was it was it was cool. I liked it a lot, but just something it it didn't feel like a mar a Marvel movie. Maybe because we've been watching so much Marvel from Disney all year long, and we're you know we just have gotten used to watching all this Marvel stuff. But it just it didn't feel special. That's that's probably what I want to sum up and say. It was good, but it just didn't give me that Marvel goosebumps. I, I, I just think that it, it was just I had I've had too much time to think about it. It's like it's, I'm and I'm I'm probably thinking too much about it. That's what it is. So, but I mean, it was still a good movie. I, I'd still see it again. Can we agree that if you take this movie and you compare it with Miss Marvel, they just can't seem to make the female movies as good as the male movies for whatever reason. I I have only seen Miss Marvel. Once, Captain Marvel. I mean, Captain Marvel? Pe- yeah, Captain Marvel. Yes, okay. I've only seen it once because I hated the movie. Really, I thought the movie was atrocious, and I love Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, love that whole thing. The movie is to me is, is virtually unwatchable. Really, wow, and the, yeah, yeah, I, I have seen bits and pieces of it since then, but I cannot watch that movie all the way through. I think they did a horrible job with that. Movie. I mean, I think there are certain parts that were kind of that were kind of weird and bad, like, I, but but it's like, like the like the flirting scratching Fury's eye, and that's why he's wearing the eye patch. I thought that was I thought that was dumb. That was the best part of the I movie. That was dumb. I was like, that was really? the best part that's of the movie. It. But I mean, I thought I thought there were great parts. Like I thought Stanley's cameo was awesome, only because I'm a Kevin I'm a Kevin Smith fan. So I I I, I literally geeked out in the theater about that. But I love him. But yeah, I thought I, I actually like I actually like Captain Marvel. I thought it was a good movie, but you know, I'm weird. You know, you mentioned Stanley. This is the first Marvel movie that we got that his cameo is not in it. Oh, that that's made me true. sad. And I did see something where it says that Marvel has made the decision that they will not be using any previous footage, any previous audio for Stanley cameos like his cameos have come to an end in the MCU. So that makes me sad. Well, what they're That's not right. saying is that his daughter probably sued them to the end of their teeth not to use her father's images without forking over huge amounts of money. Yeah, that, that could be true too. They should totally re- replace Stanley with Deadpool. We should have dead you should have Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> be funny. No, yes. no. Yes. I want Sam Jack to randomly show up being Sam Jack in the movies. No, I like I like the dip <laughs> suggestion. I do. Just like having walking walking around randomly with a with a chimichanga like eating and looking around like mm, oh that'd be, awesome. that'd be funny. I'm hundred percent with that. We have any final thoughts on Black Widow? No, nah, I'm good. All right. Well, in that case, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. 
We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.